to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down in Front. Our movie this week is X2, X-Men United. Pop in your DVD or Blu-ray, press play, press pause with the 20th Century Fox logo, page two black. The first frame you perceive of all black, press pause. And the second, I'll say three, two, one, unpause. At which point, I'll press play. You'll press play. I'll watch the movie together in perfect sync. It'll be like into the commentary. Except, of course, with four friends in your head. Those friends that speak are myself, as always, D. Christie. <gasps> <sighs> My friend Brian William Fenner. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. And Eddie the Eddie Doty. Da da da. No, that was perfect. Uh, X-Men, the whole franchise isn't something that I care about uh, too much. I, I didn't really mind them when they happened. I didn't really have opinions. <laughs> I didn't see Wolverine. You know, I, I don't care. But then I saw X-Men <laughs> oh, first man. class. I, I believe oh, that. Oh, man. See, you got to see three and you got to see Wolverine because that those are going to be some fun commentaries. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw that blurb on the on, on the case. Yeah, I didn't mind it that much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Remains a stalwart. Um, and uh, I saw X, the, the, the first class one just the other day, like a couple weeks ago. And God, I love that movie. So now I'm I'm, inter- great. I'm interested really to see good. if I, I care about this more now that a movie has really made me care about the characters in a way that I, I hadn't prior. Uh, but X2 is, I, I think everyone agrees that X-Men and X2 are both really good. X2 being a little bit better. Isn't that the point? Is that sort of the consensus of the world? I, I don't follow so. the X-Men thing. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the general consensus. Right on. Uh, yes. I remember it being a good movie, but it's, it hasn't been until now that I think I might care about the characters more this time. So I'll have more to say at the end than I do right now. Uh, Brian, how are you on X-Men 2? Uh, well, the X-Men, as, as much as I am a comic book person, the X-Men are definitely my bag. I, I grew up on the um, uh, the cartoon as a kid and loved, loved the cartoon, and they were always kind of my main comic book, uh, portal to comic books. Uh, and then I read the Ultimate uh, X-Men, you know, kind of in college and a little bit later. Uh, so when the first X-Men movie came out, I was uh, deeply hooked and anticipatory, and I'm really happy with, with the first two and that they kind of lead the charge. And I think they don't get quite as much credit as they should. You know, Batman Begins and the Nolan Batman gets a lot of credit for bringing um, a new kind of realistic sensibility to the genre. But if you really look at the Brian Singer X-Men movies, he, he kind of paves the way for that. Um, so I love both of the Brian Singer X-Men movies. I actually don't mind the third one as much as other people do, but that's like... Is that the one with the golden gate Yeah, but that's that's shades of hate compared to, you know... <laughs> right on. It's splitting splitting hairs of hate. So between, uh, but, so between Spider-Man and X-Men on a good day, you're going to watch X-Men? Oh, oh, much, much, much more. So, <laughs> yes. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm heavily invested in the X Men, and I really enjoy X Two. Cool, Mike. What's your whole X Men thing? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I wasn't really. Um, I I like the movies. I'll I'll say that. I don't have much of a background in uh, X Men or comics, as I've I've talked about um, previously. I don't. Kind of like you said, I don't. It doesn't bother me that that such things exist. <laughs> but um, uh, I just I'm just not. I, I'm not the, the expert on the panel here, although I've certainly managed to osmose a lot of the <laughs> mythology. Um, is osmose uh, a verb? Of, uh, it is now. I'm suddenly terribly curious about, about the um, <laughs> about the about all comics. Actually, I could I could kind of talk at length about about comic series I've never even read because I'm just <laughs> so uh, aware of them. Um, because uh, you have to be. Because yeah. you sit between these two assholes. <laughs> so, um, but I like the. I, I I am somewhat aware of the X Men because of the uh, uh, Saturday morning cartoon show. It is a word. Hey, osmos, osmos, two osmos. Someone to diffuse or cause to diffuse by osmosis. Someone just someone ran it. I think I said it backwards then because I'm th- talking about it coming towards me and not diffusing out from me. But anyway, um, ismos, ismos. <laughs> um, 
but you can speak X Men. At, at any rate, uh, yeah, I can, I can, I can talk X Men. I'm aware of the uh, the the fundamental properties of of like, X Men. It's such. like someone who can speak Spanish can kind of speak Italian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, so. Yeah, I like the um, I like the X Men movies. I think uh, the, the first two, anyway. I agree with the the notion that X Men One is is a very good X X Men movie, and I agree with you that it doesn't really get the credit it deserves for taking comic books seriously, yeah, <clears throat> so to speak. I mean, I mean, Nolan stood on the shoulders of this and took it even more seriously, right. and really, and, and Singer like in turn stood on the on the shoulders of Donner to give everybody proper credit for yeah. Superman. Right. But just yeah, and Norrington for Blade, of course, <laughs> of course, of course. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But um, Goddard. At any rate, uh, the second one I do think is is better. I think um, Singer kind of. Got it. Got into his groove of of doing action and a bigger budget and stuff like that. I think the action in this is much better than it was in in the um, the first X Men movie. Um, and uh, yeah, you can definitely see the direction. Obviously, that they were trying to point the trilogy, and then when Brett Ratner came in, he was like there and sort of <laughs> like kind of got it, but didn't like he, he understood the trajectory, but he didn't tell the same story that they were right. trying to tell. He just kind of told, he's like, obviously dark Phoenix. Right. So whatever that is, I'll do it. <laughs> um, and, uh, but we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But, um, I do think this is a, a good film. And, um, until, until first class, I would have said it was the best of the X Men movies. So you, like you would first put class. first class above this. I, d- I would. I That's think interesting because I, I I don't have as much of a, a man love for Matthew Vaughn as other people seem to have. Hmm. Like X, uh, first class is a perfectly good movie and it, it's solid, but I don't know. It just doesn't push all my buttons the way it we'll seems. Get, we'll, so get, well, one, we'll get to that one. Yeah. yeah, real quick though, the one thing that did bug me about first class. Only kind of bugged me, but it might have really bugged you, which was that there was VTOL on the SR seventy one in the early sixties. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm looking at this thing, going, "No, don't <laughs> stop it! Uh, <laughs> no. no!" When they're when they're floating submarines with their brain, I mean, you. I know. It's, it's, second it's, magic being it. It's, it's fairly easy to say. So that's the thing that you thought was weird in that movie. Okay, yeah. Whatever. Anyway. Yeah. With X X Men gets to get away, and really Marvel in general, but they get to get away with the second magic beam thing because they're like, yeah, just that that guy is magic beam number four. <laughs> like, <there's laughs> right. a, oh, we need someone who can do that. We just introduced that man. <laughs> like, <laughs> that man. There may have been a that man. I'm not <laughs> yeah. exactly sure. I have to check my Marvel compendium. Yeah. What do you What do you need him to do uh, to pick a lock? We hey lock man. Well, <laughs> what are you doing here? Anyway, Eddie, as our comics historian in good standing on this podcast, uh, what is your thing with X2? I, I love First Class a lot, but I would still put X2 just a, a hair above it. Really? Uh, uh, Story-wise, I think it's just... it. it <clears throat> I know Trey always liked to say say, say that uh, you know becoming is more interesting than being, and by and large, I would say it's true. With that said, I still think that the, the superhero origin story is, never, is not always just the most interesting story to tell with these characters. Once these characters are set in motion, he still made... X2 is a good example of characters that are already established but they're still becoming something they're still in the process of changing they're still in the process of growing i don't think that the origin story is the most becoming part of their sort of life history necessarily that you're going to encounter some um some of them absolutely some of them not uh but and and i want everybody to just take a second second and appreciate this because you're about to hear a sentence that no one has ever else muttered in life 
in fairness to Brett Ratner, oh, <laughs> um, Matthew Shut Vaughn, was, Matthew Vaughn was originally supposed to direct X Men Three. Yeah, and he took the reins, and he, for various personal reasons, backed out and left Brett Ratner with literally six weeks of prep yeah. uh, before he had to start shooting. So, we just made a movie. With that days. said, somebody could have landed the ball and scored a touchdown, but uh, you know, Brett Ratner. You know, <laughs> so like, what are you going to do? But uh, in fairness, it wasn't the easiest possible. It was, thing. Yeah, I mean, and really, Brett Ratner didn't have a lot of time to assert his will. No, I think everyone should have a tail. Like, he didn't. It's not like he had the ability to do that. With that said, that there, was that was what was missing, really. <laughs> yeah. with, the tail. with that said, there is. I mean, there is a you know director's responsible for tone, and I would I, the the tone of three is just wildly uneven, yeah. as opposed to X Men Two, the movie reviewing today, which is where I, I think this. It really knows who these characters are. It knows what the world is, and uh, and we'll get into it. But what Brian Singer understood, which a lot of people didn't necessarily understand before him, is that you don't need to follow a specific arc. You can take wildly different story arcs from the compendium and combine them to tell the story you want to do. That's something I think Nolan and David Goyer got really well with with Batman. I think this sort of set the template for it because they take these weird arcs and characters that had nothing to do with each other and out of it were able to craft a singular narrative that is the movie they wanted to make. So You mean like mining 40 years of comic exactly. book history and distilling the best story taking, elements from 40 years into two hours. And taking two or three different elements uh, and characters like from the, the you know taking a character from God Loves Man Kills but taking out that religious aspect and then combining it with sort of the hints of the Dark Phoenix also with a little bit of the Weapon X project of from Marvel Comics Presents from 89 like mm-hmm. taking like three or four different things that literally never touched each other in the overall X-Men narrative in the comics and like a you know like a blacksmith hammering a sword you know and folding the metal upon itself was able to create something indistinguishably unique and and self-contained and that works on its own merits and I think that this movie more than any other comic book movie really because you can look at Spider-Man and go well okay it's 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 uh, Green Goblin you know it's a Green Goblin it's origin story in Green Goblin that makes a lot of sense. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah, they swapped out Mary Jane for Gwen Stacy, but whatever that's it's, or it's origin story and <sighs> it's origin story. And it's green goblin. Cool. Same thing with blade. They kind of reworked blade, but basically blade doesn't really have any arc. He just stabs vampires. Fine. <laughs> that's, that's totally okay. Superman. Okay. He's discovered and it's, it's the, you it's know, the basic, it's the basic arc, story. Yeah. This is where it's like, no, I, I, this is a story I want to tell. I can mine from these elements and tell my story. And it worked. It's great. Anyway, Eddie's going to have to roll out in about an hour and 15 minutes because he has a, a, a baby. Well, like you do. He has a toddler, the toddler, Dodie. Anyway, yeah. but since we're all here and ready to go, why don't you put your finger on the button? You're at the point where the 20th Century Fox logo has faded to black as we are here. Three, with, uh, two. With the X, just one hair still there, <laughs> which is a nice touch. Yeah, it's X because uh, three, two, <laughs> one, unpause. And we're in. Ah, uh, I forgot logo. this is a Marvel movie. See, this is what yeah, I know about comics. <laughs> yeah. I, I forgot that this logo has been around longer than Iron Man. That's every comic ever. No. I, well, this is pre, you know, Kevin Feig days of... Is it Feig or Feige? Feig. Feig, 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 I think. Yeah, it rhymes Feig. with Teague? Yeah. If it was, if it were Feige, well, I would assume uh, yeah, there this is, this is the uh, This oh. is definitely the Avi Arad administration when Avi Arad was mainly in charge of this, but this is before Marvel Studios existed. Right. Marvel. I mean, this is just but, when Marvel Comics were licensed to various production companies, but Marvel Studios as an entity was not a thing. This, well, this is before Marvel said, you know what? Screw Fox, screw Sony, screw everybody else. Yeah. We're going to do it ourselves. I just is that Abed? 
<laughs> I just want to point out that that the, that uh, little intro monologue is. He says, "There's a debate whether humans are the next link in the evolutionary chain or simply a new species of humanity." I'm like, "You just said the what? same thing twice." Yeah, there's, yeah. there's no. Uh, that's it's just alliteration. No, I'm, I'm watching like, this, and all I'm hearing is. There's a debate whether this is delicious or scrumptious. This is totally Fight Club. It is very similar to Fight Club. It's probably same studio too. Yeah. But um, ooh, but it's pretty. Well, it's also same similar movie. to Spider Man. No, um, same. Yeah, movie. It's very it's similar from thing. The, it's it's just the kind of titles from that. Era. Yeah, let's commit to that. Yeah. Let's take this entire commentary and make sure that we can draw all the illusions to the point where everyone agrees that this is literally just Fight Club. Like, yeah. right. it's the exact same. It thing. feels. It does feel very much. I was thinking that too. That how it felt very much the same as as, as Spider Man. Spider Man, Spider -Man, Spider -Man titles. Yeah. I wonder if they were even done by the same person. I should have checked. Well, this is where or the same the same you know team. This is where uh, was a Tom Rothman head of. Uh, Fox, uh, yeah. Fox at the time basically said, oh, "Okay, you can have some money. Like you made us a, a boatload of money with the first movie. We can we can give you a bit more budget this time around." And I and I think it. I don't think you could have done Nightcrawler on like the effects budget you had yeah. in the first movie. Alan no, Cumming is not. a badass. That's what. That's one thing I do remember about this movie. I love Alan Cumming. And Cummings? this is a great uh, Cummings. 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 Yeah. Uh, and it's brilliant casting sequence. too. It would yeah. yeah, it would have not it was not one of those expected castings like everyone has like their sort of nerd fanboy dream castings but Nightcrawler there was no fan outcry for somebody to be in blue and a tail but once they announced Alan Cummings it's like Oh yeah, he kind of does look like the guy. Yeah. Well, well, the X-Men movies they're always the one that as a uh, you know, now that now that the the big ones are are already established, you know, mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman's going to be Wolverine until he's sixty, and then maybe they'll get someone else. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the the main ones are are spoken for. So now it's just a matter of people thinking, oh, what's the next mutant going to be? They don't care who plays them. Right. They just want to know when those powers are going to appear. In the, yeah, no, in I, the think, I think there's still an element of, of casting. Yeah, no, there definitely it. is. I mean, the thing with Nightcrawler is that, and what Alan Cummings brings him specifically is I, there's an element of vulnerability to Nightcrawler, mm. uh, both in the comics and, and brought up really well here, that I think Alan Cummings is, is able to sort of translate. With that said, he can oh. still be a complete... Uh, Badass. Now, there was a popular, almost shareware version for the PC of an X-Men video game in like 1988 that I used to play religiously, and you would automatically lose the game or kill your character if you were Nightcrawler and you teleported into a wall, uh, because they always made a big deal in the comics. Like if yeah. he teleports in there, he's he's dead. But um, and that's and that's I think that's kind of like it, it matches his character because. There's always that risk. I'm about to teleport, but if I'm off by like a foot, I'm I'm dead. Yeah, it's you know? just a beautiful like, effect. Yeah, and it's and if you know the comic, you know very famously, Bamf, uh, Bamf is yeah. the thing, and you always know Bamf and uh, leaves the uh, scent of uh, was a brimstone or lavender. It was like it was like yeah, a, it's it's a brimstone kind of a, a th yeah of, a, of an odor. Like, yeah. but at least and that's that's a cool little thing. Like your power leaves an odor. Like yeah. oh, it smells like Wolver or Nightcrawler's been here. What's it's, weird is that he doesn't immediately teleport. There's a there's a beat between him disappearing and him. Arriving. Yeah, they yeah. have they have to figure out the they they talked about that. I, I remember watching the behind the scenes. Worth pointing out, by the way, this movie is ten years old. Yeah, um, and it holds up really well, actually. Yeah. On on pretty much all that. I mean, I just rewatched it to do this this commentary, and and these effects and and blended with the much practical all the wire work too. Yeah, yeah, are are just really fantastically done. And the the, I mean, we will. We watch it now and none of this looks hard anymore because we're so used to seeing stuff like this. But like that tail was a huge deal at yeah. the time. Yeah. And it looks good. Yeah. 
the fact that they had to track that in and all the the kind of you know the the bamf effect like you say they had to have these volumetric smoke and they wanted it to feel kind of oily and stuff like that and um because of the you know the the brimstone thing they wanted you to be able to basically be able to smell it even though you can't smell it like just in the way it moves and and stuff like that now you know they they use that for the uh a similar look for the death eaters and harry potter and stuff like that so we're used to kind of seeing that go between bamps does he just like self-annihilate and then recapitulate no they they actually i think at one point they explained the comics i could be wrong on this but there was like one thing where it's like almost like um kind of like a a parallel dimension he slides through Um, and then he just kind of pops out the other that's cool i was wondering if it was like wonka vision where (laughs) there's a few there's a few mutants with like sort of trans-dimensional powers like magic who is colossus's little sister she can kind of go into like this area called limbo and there was, um, uh, I believe, Shatterstar. Not Shatterstar, but uh, Longshot was another To a great one. extent, this sounds like you're talking about My Little Pony. <laughs> I know, right? I, it, Long, me, yeah. Longshot is the probability guy, right? Probability guy, yeah. but he was, like, banished to, like... Longshot another... is a great name for a character. And he was a great that's character. That's cool. He's a really cool... And that's the whole thing. He just had really good luck. That was his power. He's really <laughs> fucking lucky. But he had a probability, like, altering field around him. Just... Like, it's, it's like all things being equal, the most improbable thing he could make equally probable. Is Taylor Kitsch long shot by chance? He's never been in the movies and nor should he be because that's an no, no, he means no what I'm saying is life. is Taylor oh. Kitsch literally Oh really? <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to point out I'm going to point out that you're incorrect. Taylor Kitsch was uh, Gambit as I recall, wasn't he? He was Gambit in the uh in, the in X-Men Origins. Origins. Yeah, that's Oh wow. Awful. Wait, when did X-Men Origins happen? Wolverine, X-Men oh. Origins, Wolverine. Uh, Wolverine. Oh. Yeah, 2009 I believe. And they're they're working on a Magneto Origins. I I'm not opposed. Well, they were working they were working on a Magneto Origins, but that became first, first class. class yeah. Thank God, because yeah. if there's anybody who can sew all this crap together at this point, which, you know, and again, that's I, I, I think we talked about it in the first. Well, I mean, we they, they've even failed to do that in in regards to the movies. And hasn't Matthew Vaughn and or Brian Singer admitted essentially that at this point? Go, yeah, the continuities are off because I mean, even but just yeah. between first class and. Um, and well, X-Men I think three. I think that's yeah. that's uh, why they're doing Days of Future Past because they're that. like it's totally hosed and we're just gonna n- now we're just gonna make it even more right. confused because because they, they're doing is it t- there's a time travel Days of aspect, Future Past right? is the is a famous storyline from the comics from 1980. I want to say Days of Future Past is the most Star Trek sounding name I've ever and heard. And it totally life. is. It is the it is City on the Edge of Forever in X-Men. And it is the idea is the that world it, is there's, I've touched this there's it is the beginning point of all the all diverging timelines in the X-Men continuity and it is a beloved storyline but people love the story and they hate what it wrought because from that you get Cable and you get all these other like sort of divergent you know, alternate reality characters that exist. But with that said, we're going to get Sentinels apparently, and that was one thing we never quite got in this movie. We got we, a reference, and we got X3, references. But. We were supposed to get we were supposed to get Sentinels here at the beginning of this, but they ended up dropping at the last minute in in favor of the scene, I believe, uh, because they were originally going to just throw it in there. But they, I I, I really like there's a very small cut here, like right there. It just cuts in, and the on I assume it was on set. Like they time it so perfectly that you just cut in and you. See the monitors are still fucked up for like half a right. for like six frames, and then they fix That's immediately. And it's detail, just yeah. a, a nice detail and a nice um, timing right. um, in the way that they did that. So and, and but not calling attention to itself. You know, they don't have a close up of the monitors. You know, right? Stabilizing. It's, just a, it's timing within the shot itself. Yeah. yeah. In now, terms of the crime fighting teams, yeah. Marvel has the Avengers and X Men, and DC has Justice League and Fantastic Four. No, no Fantastic, Fantastic Four is Marvel. Also Marvel. So what's so? How, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Justice. Okay. So uh, this. By the way, on. with this scene, 
I was thinking when I was watching the scene, I'm like, we you could basically skip X Men. You could yeah. practically skip could the first movie yeah. and just start here. Um, and and they do a really good job of establishing, you know, um, without, as you know, like aside from the way that they are interacting with each other, you know, he puts in a reference to, oh, when you have nightmares, the whole bedroom shakes. And it's like, if I've just walked into this thing, now I know that they're together, you know, without yeah. having to make a big thing. And but, like ever since Liberty Island, you don't need to know anything since then. You know, something bad obviously happened to Liberty Island. Yeah. So it's, you know. You know what I like about this movie? It looks like a movie. As yeah, the first one had. I mean, the budget. Yeah. You can already tell production value wise, it's it's massively different. I wonder who the DPs the were comparatively. They do feel different. I check that actually, out. that's yeah. the thing. And I don't know if you worked with the same crew or not, but it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, just the world feels bigger already at this point. Uh, we've already seen like a couple sort of largest set pieces. We've already gotten our hint. We brushed over it, but we've already gotten Wolverine at Alkali Lake. Yeah, uh, and sort of the base that was there. Um, and uh, and here same DP they must have just right. had more money yeah that's money y'all just that's had a bigger grip truck yeah, yeah exactly who was the DP uh, Newton Thomas Siegel now wasn't Sean that's, Ashmore that's supposed a fake to be name. what's his real name was it, <laughs> wasn't Sean Ashmore supposed to be like a thing for a while wasn't he supposed to be the guy and then all of a sudden like after these movies he was like poised to be a guy and then it just never I don't know if I went anywhere. I don't know if I ever remember hearing that that would have been I think he's good I he's, think he, he's totally fine he but Jake I, and Animorphs. I can I cannot think of Iceman right other, that's what we're talking about yeah, Iceman, Iceman. Yeah. I cannot think of anything else he's been in after these movies um yeah I guess so I can't so. think of anything else. Well, let's take a look. Well, he's also got his. He's got his twin brother, brother right? yeah. So you can never be quite sure. Yeah. Oh, cool. We got one to spare. <laughs> what can we do with this first one? That's kind of risky. Uh, he's going to be in, Put him in the next three. Past. Uh, he was. He was. Yeah. He. It appears. Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore. Yeah. It appears that he is. He has become just the. You know, one of the disposable people who gets knifed in those kinds of movies. Oh, good. Guys, you know. The hot guy who's dating the hot girl and they both get stabbed while they're having sex or whatever. Now, I, I love me some Famke Jensen and I think, uh, the, you know, her and Cyclops is in this movie due to the casting is, is, a, is a relatively hot May-December romance. But I, I do kind of think like if there's one piece of casting that like, I mean, Halle Berry from Storm, yeah, obviously, uh. but... But in terms of his brother was Jimmy Olsen on Smallville. There the you go. There so. you go. Uh, in terms of her, I wish they would have gotten someone just a bit younger because a lot, a huge part of Jean Grey's sort of dilemma during this entire time is her youth and her. You know, here it's very her obviously she's obviously well into her mid thirties at, at least, and it's like you you would expect by this point she'd be a little more. She's a doctor. She'd be a little more sure of herself. The whole point of the Phoenix and why it was so you know it's because it was taking over essentially this young girl, you know this this girl who was barely in her early twenties to begin with. That's that's one element where the, I wish the casting would have been a little more dialed in. But I I, the, I if I had to say one thing about this movie, it would be about. Jean Grey specifically, knowing that she, I mean, the intention was to do the Dark Phoenix yeah. in three, which they hand waved at and sort of had, but you know, not really. Um, and uh, I wish they had spent more time developing her in this movie. Yes. Because at this point, pretty much the only thing that she does in this movie is talk about how scared of herself she is. Right. And there's there's the moment at the end where she sacrifices herself to save everyone and both both Wolverine and Cyclops just completely break down yeah. because they were both in love with her <clears throat> and they do a great job the two of them i believe that they care very deeply about her, her. But, but her with them but i 
I, I don't know if I've said this before on the on the show or not, but for me, it's like if it's coming out, he's coming out. If the characters, <laughs> if the if the characters, <laughs> if I'm supposed to believe that the characters are you know in love or that that a character is in love with another character, I have to be in love with that other character. I agree, and I don't. There's nothing in this movie and and nothing in the series, you know, even including the first X-Men. There's nothing that makes me be in love with Jean Grey. I I really hardly know her, you know, other than that she is a fairly powerful psychic and everyone's a little bit scared of what she might be able to do. Like, I don't know. She needed she needed like save the cat scene. She needed a scene where I see what they see in her other Absolutely. than other than to be fair she she has that scene where where um you know logan tries to tries to get with her and she's like no i'm with scott and it's okay that's great because but that's not a, but but that's not saving that, a cat yeah. that's just not touching the cat as you pass yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's just like there's a cat i'm not gonna shoot it yeah yeah <laughs> you know? yeah I, I needed i needed something with with her you know some some kind of kindness that i look at and go that's why wolverine is in right. love with her i have a quick question this guy over here the guy who's giving the meeting here is Brian Cox, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, is the internet obsessed with him or the British astrophysicist Brian Cox? Astrophysicist. So no uh, one likes this guy at all. No, oh, I like Brian both. Cox. He's a Brian good Cox is the guy. I love Brian Cox, the original yeah. Hannibal Lecter. Uh, yeah. I, I love Brian Cox because... I'm just saying, because I've seen people talk about how amazing Brian Cox is, and I know that there are two of them. Are they talking about the British astrophysicist? I, no, I think they're talking about this guy. This, Brian no, Cox, this Brian Cox is the one, He's if you remember, awesome. uh, a little while ago, uh, there was that YouTube video of the kid learning to be or not to be. And how adorable that was. Yeah. That was Brian Cox. That was him, like, teaching the little kid. Right, right, right. So he, he's going viral that. And he's been in every other thing. He was just in uh, Coriolanus. Uh, I, I, I love how movie. good of an actor he is. And yet Troy, which is, like, not a... It's, it's like, in many ways a bad movie. But, like, Troy, he is so over-the-top, mustache-twirly bad guy in that <laughs> movie. To the point where it's just like, you've got... You're fucking kidding me, right? Like, but I, I love him for that. So they just have the same... Okay, now... That reminds me of something that Gregory Harbin said once, which is that Bill Nye and Bill Nye need to get together and sort that shit out. <laughs> no, you just need that's, to put well, a little more. That's how you do it. You put a little more. Yeah, you put a little English on it. Hey. <laughs> hey. Yeah, but those are those those names are just you know homonyms. This is the same name twice. And and just like you said, Mike, like you don't need to know that that was Mystique. But once you saw her eyes flash, you're like, yeah. oh, clearly that's clearly it's that's not, not, a guy. not that dude. Yeah, that's not that dude. Or that dude's an alien, one of the two. Yeah. <laughs> one way or another, uh, he's not on the up and up with the conversations being had right here. And what I love about this relationship so much that they never even really touched on in the comics, it's an inversion of the gender roles. Uh-huh. You know this makes I mean? me happy. The yeah. little drawing does it, make me it's happy. It's an inversion of the gender roles because usually it's a, it's the man not wanting to hurt the woman, you know what I mean? Like when, when they're approaching sex and puberty. And like with her, it's she's very much in power and control. And she's the one who has to like really fight off her own urges as opposed to yeah. to him and I, I love that so much about like that dynamic it's something they never really got because again rogue in the comics was always casted older she was always she was introduced well into her 20s anna so. paquin is pretty in this movie yes she is she's also pretty in that uh thing where she's always naked uh, oh fly uh, away home tr- true blood <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a Way joke there this is this is more for the audience to to get caught up i think because i'm yeah. pretty sure wolverine has met Iceman before in we've the seen first him. Movie? Yeah, we. I don't know if there was a scene where they meet, but it's like he was. Bobby Drake was there, and there was he was around. Going, yeah, yeah and, so. and the timeline of the movie is this is only a few months after the first yeah. one, so it's not like it, this scene kind of has not a, like a he showed up. of like oh, this is a year later, yeah. or you know, nine months later. 
Yeah. And it really hasn't been that long. I, I so can't, I'm I'm sincerely hoping Days of Future Past we finally get to see Street Punk Mohawked Storm. I I, hmm. I want that so bad in my life, but um I, I think I could stand to see that too. Yeah, it, it, there was a point there when Storm was like I think I might underground like that. 80s punk chick and she like led the Morlocks and you know, she was a really tough like street cuz I mean she was Susie. She was a street kid by nature. She was like in the slums growing up. Like that was her whole thing. Or maybe Patty Smith, I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. So, here's the deal. I don't think Famke is a real name discussed. <laughs> <laughs> I think she just made that shit up wholesale. Would it's you, a cool name, and I'm sure it's a real name. It's just, it's such a, I've never seen that Fumke? name anywhere else. Would, it's, would it's you rather be called Anatov? Yeah, Anatov. Mm, no. What, what, is, what is her full name in Anatov? Anatov. Anatov, yeah, was her last name. Really? Yeah, yeah. and, and she, She's the bad Bond girl in Goldeneye. Oh, Gold okay. Night. I was going to say, that sounds like a Bond name. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Hugh Jackman is a charismatic bitch. <laughs> I love that guy. And and like Wolverine, he does not appear to be aging. And see, what's crazy is here that is that... Paul? <clears throat> Look at him. No, and, and, um, oh, and now yeah, if the DP going. is the same, doesn't this prison cube seem lit entirely completely different? different yeah. Completely different from the first film. Very well, everything is much moodier than in the first yes, one. And yeah. Chris Pratt from Parks and Rec, apparently. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Which, I mean, that, that seems like a perfectly logical explanation for, you know, the... If if we're assuming a, it's a difference of money, because when you don't have any time or money, you, you lie flat. Yeah, you lie yeah. flat. You just get it and done. If you got the time, you especially you with effects, especially with effects, you yeah. lie flat. If you if you don't money and time, you're unsure of that. I'm trying to remember. There which also there also may have been something to do with the um, the advancement. Um, so you know, a surprising amount of advancement went on in the three years between the first one and this one in. Um, uh, DI digital intermediate mm. and, oh, yeah. and color grading. It, it does look as if they might have gone a little, a little too far on this one. I can't tell if it's my calibration. Yeah, but it it is. It looks beautiful, but it does look like it's been hit by the levels just a little too hard. One one thing I liked about this <clears throat> storyline is that uh, that they crafted specifically for the movie is that they've introduced sort of a third villain that, in many ways, justifies. Magneto's fear and sort of and justifies his sort of hatred of humanity. It's like, yeah, we're kind of shitty here. Oh, yeah, this uh, is, but it, this but, is perfect terrorist making behavior. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's and that's kind of where we were a little bit when this movie came out. But yes, more than that, it's it's also it also kind of like it goes back to why, why your villains need to have like legitimate motivation and just a slightly skewed perspective on reality. But they need to be motivated by something real and not just you know evil for the sake of evil. Even the door looks better. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. That's a cool thing you can do when you're Wolverine. I forgot about that. Yeah, right? Because he's like, where am I going to put this goddamn thing? You can tell he looks at the door and goes, maybe I can chuck it. Uh, I might not. But again, if you were only coming in on this movie, you're like, oh, here's a guy who can heal himself really quick. Yeah. And, here's, and it's it's it, nicely played. The, it, 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 it also communicates the fact, as is established in the first movie, that it still hurts. Yeah. He heals, but it does hurt. And he plays. It's just great economy makes that movement. He makes that fact clear through just his behavior. Yeah. I mean, we, we got we got I didn't I didn't want to exactly harp on it, but his interaction with Cyclops, there's there's so much going on in every line. He's like, hey, you're going to welcome me back. By the way, your bike needs gas. It's like, OK, so he took his bike, didn't tell him about it. And he goes, so fill it up. And it's like, OK, they hate each other. It's great. Perfect. Three lines. I know the entire right. dynamic between these two characters. Who wrote this one? Was this another one done by... Um, this is Goyer, right? Goyer, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? This yeah. one? No, no. This one's not Goyer. No? Uh, this one was... This, uh, this one was... Uh, Zach Penn, maybe? 
I, I it may think Zach Penn may have been yeah. involved, but I know uh, Michael Doherty and Hater. Okay, um, Hater. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Hater. I don't even know her. <laughs> uh, my favorite interaction in the comics with Wolverine is <laughs> Wolverine, Wolverine with uh, Punisher, because those two fucking hate each other. And there's one like there's one comic arc in Punisher where, um, like they're fighting and basically at point blank range Punisher fires a shotgun into Wolverine's face and it takes off all of his skin and tissue over the skull ah. uh, over the skull and Wolverine's like you he's trying to say you asshole but his tongue is gone so it's just and his lips are gone so it's just like these sounds and he's like it's gonna take a week to grow back like he's just he's so pissed about it's like that scene in uh, Men in hurt. Black with uh, Tony Shalhoub oh yeah yeah is there any, Eddie, this will be a question yeah. for you. Is there any definitive way established in the comics to actually kill Wolverine? They do it a few times. There's a couple alternate timelines where... <laughs> Ain't um, that comic books, isn't it? Well, no, no. Like alternate yeah, they do time it a few times. And alternate timelines, like House of M, I think they did it. Uh, yeah, how I think... In but that's with the... Uh, r um, taking away all their powers, right? No, no. They did a thing where... House, isn't it House of M where they lose their powers? Yeah, but no, it wasn't. It wasn't House of M. It was something after that. It was oh, it was in the Ultimate line. It was like Ultimate. In the chat, Nerdy Gray says cancer. They did, yeah. They did a thing Which where is smart. That's a cool. They way did to deal a thing that makes where a lot of sense. they were trying to streamline the Ultimate Universe, and so they just started killing off characters left and right. <laughs> and I think with oh, what it was was uh, mag like somebody controlled Cyclops and basically had Cyclops go essentially full blast sustained on Wolverine until like so much tissue had degenerated there just wasn't enough left to regenerate but ostensibly yeah as long as his as long as there's enough of him going it'll just he'll just keep regrowing um, and then there's been like I know I remember in Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine Hulk literally rips Wolverine in half and chucks his legs in one direction and his upper torso in the other and Damon Lindelof wrote that one actually and uh, oh so was the ending really disappointing <laughs> I don't yes actually uh, <laughs> only because we had to wait like three years it took him three years of to course finish it that did. comic <laughs> only, only because of that actually yeah because they literally worked in the, stri the script of Star Trek in that as like a plot device like wait they, what yeah or no, the, it was a like the thing they were after the MacGuffin was like a copy of Star Trek. Does this I'm remind? Does this uh, remind anyone else of Gattaca right here? Yes. yes. Color palette to the building and the everything. and even the guy the cleaner out yeah, front. That's, exactly. That's got to be a deliberate it's be reference. Gattaca, yeah. Which I which like. make well and which makes sense because it's about genetics and and yeah. the the evolution of and of if man a movie is going to pay you know but Wolverine's got to like movie. Wolverine basically has to claw himself back to his legs which were he makes it clear they were thrown a mile in the opposite direction <laughs> to like line up and just sort of like have everything kind of sew together <laughs> yeah uh, so there's actually a, a whole number of really nice little subtle references uh, to the universe around here and we're coming up on a whole bunch on this uh, computer monitor. You'll see like you'll, you'll references see to like <laughs> no. You'll see like references to this like we talked about earlier the Sentinel program, which was going to be in it. Oh, yeah, yeah. In, in the screen here, um, like the Sentinel program. Uh, what else? Oh yeah, all different. Characters. Jamie Maddox, the multiple man, he was listed there. You actually meet him in the next one. Uh, but yeah, you can pause that screen, and all of them are real names of real yeah. like heroes or villains. With the, the security, uh, second to last one was Brian Singer, the uh, the little security guards popping nice. up. So. And the printing pages dialogue box, uh, funny fact, I got nothing. Oh, I thought, oh like uh, she could walk up it. and just use a printer and have it work. Come on. I've used printers. That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, so oh, Omega go. Red right there. Allow me, to, uh, allow me to play the song of my people. Um, <laughs> one of the folders was titled Omega Red. Omega Red was the Russian answer to the Weapon X program. And Omega Red in particular was 
a dude who had uh, adamantium tentacles emerge from his wrist, and he could like control them Whoa. in all different directions. Adamantium tentacles? Yeah, I thought it was steel or metalish. It's metalish, but like metalish coating, like an actual oh, tissueish thing. I I do love that this is a really like top secret, highly classified thing, and they, you know, they paid some guy fifteen bucks an hour to animate a whole thing to. <laughs> to to, I'm talking about in universe. Someone right. at this classified oh, oh, yeah. place got some got some graphic design student to be like, "Can you make this for us?" Just so <laughs> when we're looking it? at it, yeah, nothing. Just when we're looking at it, we want to be able to know everything about it at a glance. I'm so sick of mm. Windows 98. Like, yeah. <laughs> what can you do for me? Kelly, who she was another one who's supposed to be like a thing. She was in this, and then she was in Scorpion King. And then mm. nothing. Like well, I was looking at her credits. She seems more like a voice actress now. Uh, she's on a bunch of Phineas and Ferb and this other is, things. That that's a really weird frame. Like the low frame on her. I keep maybe it's deliberate, but I'm like I keep expecting Mystique to be like crawling on the ceiling, and that's not her power. What is? <laughs> just it's there's so much of the ceiling frame. Well, yeah. clearly yeah. you're not a, a genuine fan then, Michael. Because <laughs> if you were, you'd be no man. First. I really hope you lost your job over that one. <laughs> I like how we're total nerds that make fun of total nerds. Yeah, that's a that's a fun bit. Just to be clear, no, that was Mystique, the the, the Mexican guy. That was Mystique, and not just actually the Mexican guy. I love how Boston looks like Victor Von Doom's castle. Like <laughs> fucking, Jesus. That's yeah, it's like Doom the, for you. Yeah, I, I, actually, I was going to say the bad 1985 from Back to the Future, but yeah. yeah, that works too. I actually forgot that this was Boston, even though they say it a couple of times. I totally thought this was in the Ukraine somewhere. <laughs> they, like this, yeah, this you're church. right. I thought, like, I always just assumed it was Germany because yeah. Nightcrawler is German. Because he's German, German yeah. and look at it. Uh, on, on a similar note, that's totally speaking of Speaking of how much money they had on their grip truck, my God. Yeah, look that's at beautiful. That. But speaking, and also, what I liked, what they did in first class was they seemed to thread the needle of the fact that they're very much hinting at the idea that Mystique is Nightcrawler's mother. Yeah. Huh. Because if you look at her and then you look at what they call Mephistopheles and the yeah. uh, the Mephistopheles character in First Class, the guy who could teleport, he's just a red version of Nightcrawler. And in the comics, they verify they actually have verified that fact that she is his mother, and you know, but the, she's the, ageless. She's been around forever. You know. Okay. Well, I was gonna say yeah because the. That's another case where the ages of the casting doesn't quite work out. Well, that's why you get a giant reset button with time space continuum. Yeah, right. what we're gonna get. Which I honestly, uh, I like. I like that idea. They're like, all right, let's let's break it all the way, <laughs> and then we can it's just already broken. And then we can just stop worrying about it. Which, if you follow comics, like that happens in Marvel and DC. About every 10 years like that. They just give me a crisis on infinite earth or zero hour or uh, identity crisis or, you know, or infinite crisis rather. They just did. Marvel's had their fair share of resets. I mean, it, you know, age of heroes was the most recent one. Well, yeah, even, even I, any comp, that's the thing about that, about comics that, actually makes them kind of suits them to movies people talk about oh you know they're rebooting this that and the other it's like well they do that all the time in comics yeah i mean i know you could line up five or six different people ask them the joker's origin story they would all give you different answers and all of them would be correct (laughs) yeah one of them them was (laughs) just like in the dark night yeah exactly that's what i love so much about that and this whole thing about the scars and the tattoos that he gave to himself that existed nowhere else except for this movie. Oh really? It's a total invention. It was never because this character doesn't have that in the comics. Like this is something they just created for this, but yet it still feels very true to the character overall. And it totally makes sense. Like into his world, you can tell it was just something that 
somebody not on a script level but a production designer level added and Brian Singer was probably like yeah let's do that and worked their way backwards into a, a reasoning for it yeah because it, it does look like the kind of thing that you know you're designing a character and you go well if it's just blue that's not very interesting to look Fuck at him yeah let's do let's do like a thing let's add some designs and stuff and they probably just thought you know, that's just the way he's going to look. And then Singer looked at it and go, well, I feel like we have to justify that. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't have known the difference. Yeah. I didn't know that that was uh, originating with this movie. I thought that I'd was never in a comic seen, somewhere. I'd never seen any comic before this. Hmm. Another thing along those lines. Oh, yeah. Like Mouse. you've read every cut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. It would have like been, been a pain in the ass to draw in the comics. That's probably <laughs> The uh, pattern on Darth Maul's face is a tattoo. Is that yeah. Yeah. like that the people there don't know? I mean, it's... The character Darth Maul tattooed in, himself in universe, yeah. 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 And universe, I do like how they did all this Weapon X flashback stuff. Um, I, I mean, it does. The if you look at the Marvel Marvel Comics presents uh, story arc where Weapon the idea of Weapon X was introduced in like eighty nine, eighty eight. Um, the color it was intentionally dark for a reason, and the the art style was very muted, and it was very kind of very chunky color, and not not very clean lines like you would see in in certainly most other X Men comics. And I like. Visually, he did something to sort of create the same tone. One of my favorite uh, X-Men comic moments of all time was, I think I mentioned this before, was when Joss Whedon wrote wrote it. And it actually starts off with someone looking very similar to this kid in the living room just watching TV late at night. And it's just three panels, and you see one panel just watching TV. The other panel, Kitty Pride is falling from the ceiling. And then the third panel, she stands back up and runs back up to the bedroom and Colossus is in there naked, and he's like, "What happened?" She's like, "I don't know. That's never happened before." <laughs> That's great. Point your microphone at your face, Eddie. Oh, sorry about that. Hey. Do it. I, I've been like turning you up, but then I was like, "Oh shit!" At some point, he's gonna no, lean fuck into him. The he's mic, gotta do it right, and then it's gonna get really loud. Look at his hair. So much gel. Two thousand two was fun. At, guys. At, yeah. at, at two in the morning, it's like, oh, I can't sleep. Gonna go down and make a snack. Yeah. No, he just wants people to really <laughs> believe him that that's his messed up rolled out of bed hair. I'm not going to put on perfect. I'm not going to put on pants, but I'm going to put on product. Well, you never know what you're going to be doing. That's you true. don't need pants for everything. And that is very much a Boy, Wolverine. That is very much a Wolverine uh, character thing. It's like, hey, kid, make this cold. Yeah. <laughs> I love Wolverine. I'm going to use myself as but an actor. But then you can you can make this cold. For like me. that. Ju- that alone, like. I, now I feel like he has more of a relationship with Iceman than he does with, with Jean, Jean Grey. Grey. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> just from that that one little scene. And you've just inspired a whole slate of Slashvik. <laughs> Send me the links. <laughs> you don't see you don't see massively blue suits that often, or at least not in the last thirty years. I kind of miss them. Pink, orange colors. I love them. I love how he has a special. I'm going to visit my buddy wheelchair. Yeah, a special plastic wheelchair. Although what's his face? Uh, I was I was thinking, um, uh, Striker. He went in there. He had glasses. I'm like, mm, that's yeah. that's enough. Yeah. <laughs> if if he gets it into his head. Wait, what? What do you mean? When he in an earlier scene, he visited Magneto wearing metal framed glasses. Or were they metal? Or were they space plastic? They might have been space yeah. plastic. Would, I actually don't know Magneto, what mine are. are would mine Magneto's powers plastic? work on graphite? Well, they 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 come to work on plastic for reasons at the end of X three. So, um, there's just a little reference of oh, I've, he can control I've plastic now. Totally forgot so, about that. Yeah. 
Well, it it's literally two frames before the cut to the to, to credits. Oh shit! Sure. So. I mean, there was one point in the comics where it's like he's gotten so powerful now because like there's a whole point where Magneto became president of Genosha, which is a entirely mutant populated <laughs> island, and he because of the exposure to the South Pole, it had boosted his power so much to where he could control the uh, met, uh, metalloids in your bloodstream. And right. so therefore he could just kill you outright if you wanted to, like at any moment. Like that's that's how crafty he's been. And then he became a good guy again. And then, you know, so. Would you rather hang out with Iron Man or Wolverine? Iron Man. Iron Man. Uh, intellectually, Iron Man. But if I, if I wanted to do like a good pub crawl. Okay, wait. Do you want to get a beer with Iron Man or Wolverine? Oh, Wolverine. <laughs> really? Yeah. Because I feel like they'd both be fun at the bar. <laughs> Oh, certainly, but you know, I. You I, know, but you know what? Wolverine would actually hang out with you, and and Iron Man would be playing the room. That's fair. That's a good so. point. That's a good point. Sean Ashmore would just be doing his hair the entire time. Yeah, Iceman would just be. I correct you, sir. Sean Ashmore's hair would be done. <laughs> he, he would never leave the room. He apparently does not interact with photons until it is. From what I understand, we're finally getting the standard Wolverine outfit in Wolverine's next movie. Oh, the yellow one, really? Yeah, like the actual. No, that's a bummer. With, well, the, as, with, as, with as the, the wings, with the wings uh, and everything, piece. yeah. What? But oh, I, and, and not yellow. I think we're getting the brown. I think we're gonna get Ooh. the brown. Which well, no, I, li- I like the brown. I, anything I like but that. yellow. I mean, I'm you know not the comic guy over here, and I'm sure comic fans would be astonished. It makes to hear sense to say this, but he looks like a fucking douche in the yellow, and he looks cool in the black. So I say keep. The well, I mean, the, the the brown is like it's the yellow, but just swap the color palette out so it's just brown and black. And I think if, if with as much time as they're gonna be spending in Japan, and they're gonna introduce Silver Samurai and all those other guys, I could see a way to introduce that that costume as if it's like a ceremonial thing. You know what I mean? Well, like, I know. I just don't yeah. want to see him running around in a costume. Looks dumb. I agree. You know, we'll see. I'll I take agree. I take credit for it. But you know, it's gonna end up looking like Dick Tracy if they're not careful. Scenes like this, by the way, are. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say are a big part of why this movie these movies work. It's because you've got these two amazing actors taking it totally serious in a room, just acting yeah. the shit out in a room, yeah. just just making you know taking it seriously and and going for it and totally believing it, and that. That almost more than anything else really centers the world, and you go, okay, if they if they're believing in it, I can I can buy into it. When too. you've got Captain Picard and Gandalf, yeah. going at it, and the dude from Although, but even the even the fact that both of them are Shakespearean actors, and you can think of them as Captain Picard and Gandalf, <laughs> and that and, and that instead still of bringing, works. but in the, the you know I was thinking about that all the way over here, and and we've talked about it before with people like Sam Neill and stuff like that. It's like. Instead of bringing them down, it raises the entire world of sci-fi and fantasy up to have them involved in it, you know? But we were talking about that was also uh, with Anthony Hopkins at one point. I think we talked about it on Thor, where it's like, I know Anthony Hopkins is a solid, legit actor who sometimes does genre films, but here's the thing. I can't name a single Anthony Hopkins role that isn't a genre film. Like, there's a couple, like, I could could name, like, the world's fastest Indian... I, well, I don't know that one. I'm just saying, yeah. like, I can only think of ones in which he plays some sort of a genre thing. The, this, you do realize that the weak right. point in that is probably your knowledge of Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> yeah, knowledge, right? that, that's the weak link there because he's done a ton of. But enough. it's true. This, but it's true. There are there are. Yeah. I mean, Ian McKellen is a good example, and so is Patrick Stewart. Of there, they are clearly good actors, and they are shake, classically trained. And they're Shakespearean actors, but you try to name a, a role of theirs, and it's like, nope, fantasy, nope, sci-fi. Do the nope. same thing with Sam Neill. Try yeah. right now. We'll wait. This um this I can't set think piece of anything but Jurassic Park and fucking Event Horizon and Bicentennial Man. This is my favorite sequence in the whole movie, uh, because it, it's legitimately disturbing the idea of like these paramilitary guys coming to a, like a kid's school. Yeah, and oh, I, in Red October, it just but just the way the action flows. Red and, Dawn, you mean? 
Yeah, yeah. The, the way the action flows and the way that all the stakes are sort of elevated, it just it, it's got a, such a great sense to it. And and I, like I remember this is like this was like one of the first sequences they screened, I think, at Comic Con. Um, and this was the thing where it's like, oh shit, we get hints at all of these cool other ancillary characters. This is our first, you know, real glimpse of Kitty Pride, our first real glimpse of Col- Colossus coming up. But you get like all these kids being able to fight back, you know, I, and it just, for some, it just works so well. <laughs> yeah. And it's a, it's a fairly long sequence, yeah. but it doesn't get, it doesn't get dull because there's always kind of something else. Like I do kind of wish we saw more of the kids kind of using their, their abilities oh, a little more. Oh, what a great, oh shit yeah. guy. Looking yeah. At guys and eyes. this was the first one where they really amped up the violence where you really yeah. saw Wolverine just straight up killing dudes. Yeah. Until I saw Zero Dark Thirty, this is what I thought it, what, what it was like in a bot I, I was pretty sure. <laughs> but <laughs> I love the little subtle f- And by the way, we're 40 minutes in and I'm pretty sure that's the first time we've seen the claws. Seen so the they, claws. They, they've strung it out like, we know what you want to see. We're going to be, but, we're going to make you wait. And it's the just, money shot. Yeah. We're seeing like, I mean, we're seeing all little nods to his powers in the sense that, oh, oh yeah, just brutal here and just, and completely necessary there's a there's an aspect of wolverine's powers called the berserker rage where he just com- be, goes completely feral and this is the first time you really kind of saw that visualized as something uh like when it really starts and there we go oh that, that was the the biggest fucking fanboy moment yeah and it, 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 now it's not the same actor correct like or uh, I, don't, I don't believe it is same yeah. actor as what uh, uh, in x3 uh i no, I think so. I think the, the same Colossus guy. Yeah. Well, it, but it, I like him better in this movie. <laughs> in this movie, it just works. It just works so much better. There's little subtleties and little nods to everybody's power. And you know, Wolverine first hears them. It's just a, it's just a close up of his ear as you hear something. So it's like, okay, you can yeah, he can exactly. hear things better. And you see the healing factor in the middle of a fight. You know what I mean? Like just little the the, the ways of Brian Singer. He just the same way Harry Potter makes magic a part of the world and just a thing happening around the action. Brian Singer is able to do here with the powers just happening around everything. Yes. <clears throat> and I, I do think I do think they're more uh they're they're certainly more uh, front and center. You know, the 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 camera will wait while yeah. while uh Wolverine heals and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But it's not it's not problem. It doesn't it doesn't yeah, it's not it's not like so bad to the point where yeah. it becomes a distraction. I actually I, I saw this uh, at at midnight in uh, in Westwood, and the guy who played Colossus was was there at the screening. I think so was Brian Singer. But oh, nice. Um, the only yeah, time, no, you're right. He was same guy. Right. The only time I ever saw uh, someone in a superhero movie at their own screening, I think I told the story was in Spider Man Two uh, when the chick with the mole um, in Spider Man Two was in the theater and huh. people were making fun of her on screen and she had her whole family there, which oh. was sad. Uh, I was at I was at ArcLight for Iron Man when when. Um, Favreau. Oh, we were all there. And, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, we were all there. We were okay. all Iron Man yeah. Two, right? Was it Iron Man or Iron? It was Man Iron Man Two. Two. Okay, it was two. I wasn't in the, was the I wasn't in the theater when it happened. I was at the concession out. stand. Yeah. Oh no, no, that was all before the movie though. But I was at the concession stand, so I didn't see them do their thingy. I just it was fun. They just it was walked right thing. by me. Yeah. Like, oh, there they go. Okay, bye. I guess they were here. There was a cool thing. Ryan Johnson pretended to be an ArcLight usher at the beginning yeah. of one of the screenings of Looper, or a few of them at the ArcLight, which is this nice theater in Los Angeles. It's, uh, it's you know, very hard on texting and very comfortable chairs and expensive popcorn and a nice bar. It's just a nice theater, and they have the ushers introduce each movie and say, "Keep it up to 
ArcLight's high standards. We'll be standing off to the side here uh, in case there's a problem or anything like that. And if you need anyone, just here. You know, they, they stand up and do that. And without further ado, here's the movie. And they walk off. And apparently Ryan Johnson put on the shirt and did that a couple of times. And only a few people actually noticed because <laughs> we don't know exactly what Ryan Johnson looks like enough yet. Yeah, I don't culture, know yet. <laughs> He's if Tom like, Hanks did it, he would not get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess enough people didn't know what Ryan looked like for it to work. Well, I think if you wigged up Tom Hanks enough and went to like, you know, Peoria, Illinois or something and did it, you could probably get away he with it. He did a little of the Cloud Atlas treatment on him. He could yeah. get away with yeah. it. If you made him look like Holly Berry, it would, it would work. But then everyone <laughs> would know it was Holly. Oh, oh. You can't do anything with that, Hanks. Yeah, so Stryker was, again, originally a character introduced in God Loves, Man Kills, which was... It actually had a completely different story. It was about like an evangelical preacher who was trying to say that mutants were like the spawn of the devil. But basically, there was never really a face to the Weapon X program. So he kind of combined the Weapon X program with his character, William Stryker. And thematically, it just sort of worked. Like it just sort of, you know, and thematically going back to, you know, making peace with your past in order to move forward. It 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 just worked in this context. And, and you know, it takes a deep knowledge and reverence without being anchored or weighed down by the material to to make something good, I think. Yeah, you got to find the, like we talked about before, even with an adaptation, if you're just dealing with one book, you know, yeah. if, you're, if you're dealing with a book, you've still got to find the movie in it. Right. And, and finding the movie in 40 years of material, you have a major opportunity, but also there's the, the huge danger of getting bogged down, like you said, and, right. and locked into it. Now, oddly, apparently, this is a real block of ice. Like they didn't do it with plastic or anything. There's just really? a three-ton block of ice in the in the hallway. Fucking there. right on. And God, those must have been the most tense between setups of all time. Yeah. Like, okay, we got to go right away. Yeah. We're literally losing the ice. Yeah, they had to keep that play. I think we we saw this with um, Dave, David Hader. Remember? He, yeah. He, we did. Yeah, I think, this I, think I remember him at Zero Friends. Yeah. Was it? Did, wasn't it both? Or I think he talked about this, and he was yeah. talking about something like how cold the set had to be kept and stuff, or right. something like that. But. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. But as someone who I worked on a ice sculpture show, so I'm one percent more knowledgeable than the fucking layman. <laughs> like I don't know anything about ice sculpture, but I did work on the whole show, so I had to see every episode and write down all the factoids for their for their little lower third blurbs and stuff once, and. Um, Apparently, ice sculptures that big don't actually melt particularly quickly. Um, so they, they, it wouldn't have been too tense, especially if they were keeping the room kind of cold. I had an ice luge at my wedding, and that fucking thing stayed up the entire wedding. So You, you think that ice luge was a good man? <laughs> that no, guy, he he's, stayed he's frozen a, he's the a, whole time. He's a mensch. One of the things that the ice sculpture people made was a Han and Carbonite, which I thought was cool. <laughs> uh, nice. For a half second, when they hung on that one, just you think it's going to be mystique or something? Are you thinking it's going to be a guy or just they? Yeah. No, he's just henchman. Yeah. He's just henchman number four. Yeah, they he just had, but he had great screen presence. Must have been Brian Singer's friends. Like, no. oh, don't worry, Jerry. I'll give you. A, I'll, I'll make sure that we hang on you an extra second. He, he pledged on the five hundred dollar level on the Kickstarter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> These days, yeah, that's how yeah. that works. That's a fast camera, <laughs> and that's slowed down. This is the most interesting insight I've ever had. <laughs> no, I was surprised at how like that thing was Slow really down. moving, and it was surely very heavy, and then it decelerated. It was yeah. you know, well, they have these things called chairman. dollies now. I thought yeah. you were going to say they have these things called grips. <laughs> yeah, that too. These big strong guys who are mad at you. That's such a random. It's it's so random that Brian Singer chose to take a dig at In Sync right there. 
It's, is that what he did? I yeah, it's, it, it. I just he was ahead just, of the times, man. Yeah, I just like I say, I just rewatched it. So because on the subtitles it just says pop, but this is um, when they press right? play, two thousand three, it would have shot two thousand two. So yeah. because it came out two thousand three, but bye bye bye. Or <laughs> but it could have been. Uh, it clearly like could have been 90s? anything. It clearly could have been. You know, they could. I was just wondering if anything. it was going to be the song called Pop. That'd be funny. It was <laughs> late nineties. You're right. Because NSYNC was a big thing when in I was in the first couple of years I uh, was in high school. High school. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so so that would have been late nineties. Yeah, exactly. Mm, that was a fun six years. But I think Bye 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 was from one of their later albums. I don't. I'm no expert. <laughs> did you Eddie, work on Eddie, a show about NSYNC? Eddie, are yes, you I the did. expert 1%. on X-Men and NSYNC? <laughs> no, I did. Although my first editorial thing I ever worked on was making the band on ABC, which was about the making of O-Town. Nice. Oh, oh wow. Right. Yeah. Were they the ones I did, that did? I cut. I cut bumps and teases for that. Were they the ones that did that song Butterfly? No, they did. No, that. <laughs> <laughs> they Butterflies did uh, a that was a uh, crazy town. Oh, well, and that was like a that was like a rock band. There were a lot that. of towns yeah. in the band. Yeah. Of the so no, which O-Town? Was O-Town? O-Town was Liquid Dreams, and uh, they were never like huge, huge. They were just they were more known for their show than anything else, which I I got to cut on. I did cut so much of their choreography that I ended up like instinctively learning the choreography. <laughs> <laughs> which uh, drunken party trick is amazing, but. That's that's my extent of boy band knowledge. Uh-huh. A likely story. Yeah. Very interesting lighting there. We were like having him full on silhouette there. Yeah. But then lighting in the glasses and stuff. Oh, I think we're about to get our uh Hank McCoy cameo, right? I think. I think so. Yeah, the of the Ooh. senator on there. Yeah, there we yeah, go. There he is. But that's, that's beast. How do you get from that to Kelsey Grammer? To Kelsey Grammer of <laughs> But come all on, Kelsey people. Grammer is perfect casting for the beast. Yes. For for Hank McCoy, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um this was, uh, from what I understand, this was just basically Brian Singer throwing her a bone, just saying, like, you can show up to set and not have to put on 10 hours of makeup one day. You only have to put on three hours of makeup because yeah. look at the, look at that. <laughs> look at everything. Whore paint. Yeah, right. That whore paint. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, what was it? The makeup shotgun. <laughs> you know. She's really bad at this, by the way, this whole roofie thing, because, like, you wait. It's for right the there. <laughs> you, like, you don't wait, give it wait, to us. Wait, wait, what? I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> Come on, common sense. If you're trying to give someone a drink with pills in it and you don't want them to know there's pills in it, you don't slide it over to them three seconds after you put the pills in and it's not even dissolved yet. Uh And we were wondering if we were going to have a highlight tape this year. (laughs) (laughs) Mike, what else uh, should I do when I'm roofing someone? (laughs) My question is, why did she even feel like she needed the roofie in the first place, given what she looks like, given what he looks like? Well, because she needed to knock him out so she could stick iron in his butt. Mike, how do rape? Yeah. Well, How does that you, you knock someone out and, and then, then you stick some some heart in their butt. Um, <laughs> and ask a question, get, a, yeah, get, get an answer. I do like the nice Roman. Dissolve. Yeah. yeah. I that, do like the Roman helmet haircut. Wouldn't this just kill somebody? Yes, yes, Injecting it would. all that metal inside, like that would kill somebody, right? Yes. It's a good thought, though. Really? I mean, yeah, it's in the in butt. terms of what they're doing. Yeah. In, ter- in terms of the plan to, to I like. I, I also like. By the way, we completely went past the part where he's in a bar and he's like sad. Like, what's wrong with him? What's his problem? What's his life? Yeah. <laughs> he's got a shitty life and he's ugly. Yeah. That's his problem. <laughs> and he he works a shitty job. We're taking care of one prisoner. Yeah. Although they they did go out of their way. They they went out of their way to do the uh, Terminator Two thing, which. 
I guess you've only seen if you've seen the special edition or the you know the director's cut or whatever. Um, the the whole thing with the orderlies because like just like in Terminator Two, Sarah's got to fuck that guy up to right. get out of there. So yeah. you got. You've got to establish that he... He is a bad person and deserves it. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he has an urgent need to be firmly just macerated at any moment. And and they had to do the same thing in this With one this to, to establish, okay, Magneto is going to kill the hell out of him really brutally and, and kind of imaginatively and awfully and we can't be thinking oh that guy's got like a family and stuff and and he's just doing his job and what no no he's a bad person and uh, and I guess that's the scene of the bar too. He doesn't have a family. Look at him. He's, yeah, he's just a no sad, one, pathetic crap sack man. No one's gonna miss him. <laughs> I uh, I, I kind of have this theory with with uh, Brian Singer that he's got to love something a lot to work on it, but not too much because he lo- he liked X Men a lot, but he loved Superman. Yeah, and I uh. and I look at Superman and it's like he fell in love with Superman, and but he like he fetishized certain things about Superman, and that became the movie. Whereas this, I think, like his panties. No, like I'm, I always said, I, I always said this: the, the Superman, the the his Superman movie should not have been called Superman. It should have been called The Adventures of Lois Lane and the Guy Who Lifts Things, because that's all Superman does in that movie is yeah. fucking lift things. And that movie is more about Lois Lane and her getting up over the fact that her boyfriend, her ex boyfriend, is in from out of town. Like that, that seems to be what that movie is about. This, he obviously loves these characters but not he's not in love with the characters uh-huh. he's not passionately you know crazy about these characters he has enough uh objectivity or yeah. you know not enough fetishization to to do the kill the kill your darlings thing that you have to do that we've talked about before. this is kind I wonder of where he's at with jack the giant slayer yeah, I wonder right where that, i know where right? that came from this is a kind of i mean this is sort of based around uh, a character in the comics named proteus yeah. um who was I don't know if he was the son of Moira McTaggart, but I think she was the son of Moira McTaggart. But Proteus was basically like an uber mutant who could essentially bend reality. Yeah. And um, the idea being is that he's using this character, which they renamed Jason because obviously they want to keep the idea, the the possibility of bringing Proteus in at some point. But this this mutant who has very similar powers, and that's where they're getting their serum to control the minds of other you know mutants from. And, you know, Brian Singer, obviously, he's able to draw parallels to something. And, and uh, you know, uh, this is the scene where essentially Iceman comes out to to his family. And, yeah. and he's able to get the tone of that just right. He's able to get like the. the well, because I'm sure he's, uh, had probably, that he's, had, he's probably had that conversation. Well, not only has, has he had to have that conversation, but apparently, um, uh, apparently Ian McKellen also advised on that scene right. to uh, be like, right. no, here's what it's like. <laughs> right, right. And I guess that's what I'm saying. He's got to find like, and, you know. If if with the X Men in general, he's able to sort of tap into into that. I think with Superman, he tapped in almost too too much to, you know, what do you do when your ex comes in from out of town? Like you haven't seen him for a while. All those strange feelings come back, you know, because half that movie is just, you know, I I feel strange that you're back on planet Earth, Clark, yeah. and you know, <laughs> yeah, becomes kind of Stalker Man Returns. Yeah, <laughs> Stalker Man Returns. <laughs> I can lift something. You want to see me lift? I can't. I'm lifting a plane. <laughs> that's, Guys. that's great, Clark. I just I need more from my life than you lifting things. I have a son now. Yeah. I need somebody who can shoot laser beams from their eyes. Well, I can do that. <laughs> I can. I can. Have you ever seen that? Uh, 
We haven't done a Superman movie, so I wouldn't have had, yet, had an opportunity to bring this up yet. Have you ever seen the website Superman as a Dick? Yo, oh, superdickery.com. Superdickery.com. Superdickery.com is amazing. So amazing. My favorite is he's in space and Lois Lane is in a full on spacesuit because why not tied to a space capsule and it's just Superman ripping the tube in two. the air tube. He just rips it in two. Like that. <laughs> and then there's another one where um, <laughs> she's walking down the aisle with a giant supervillain with a, a hood and a T on his chest. And it's like, Superman, no, I'm forced to marry Titan man. And Superman <laughs> is literally feet up on the pews going, Hey, like it's yeah, what are you gonna what do? are you gonna do? <laughs> like this is what you get. I I also really enjoy a lot of the captions on, on the, ca- that, the yeah. captions are good too. There's another one where Jimmy Olsen is like he's like he's like but Superman, I mean dad, I thought you adopted me. And uh it's Superman literally taking a like a bathrobe with the Superman insignia and it's like from a box that says to dad from Jimmy Olsen. And it's like this is the worst and he's burning it with his laser vision. <laughs> there was one that actually wasn't about it wasn't superman it was like there was there was a a life-size wooden superman puppet Mm. like strapped to a gurney and lois is whipping it with the cat of nine tails (laughs) and superman is chained to the wall in the corner going no lois stop and it's like the caption was i dare you to make less sense (laughs) (laughs) seems more like a wonder woman thing yeah but yeah there was i also remember one where it was like there was another one where there are a bunch of them where lois has these powers and she's fighting superman and the caption was like it's like the writer's room had this parrot that just kept that could only say lois gets superpowers lois gets superpowers and they just kept listening yeah (laughs) how do you have a metal detector not pick up all that metal in him well no how do you have a metal how do you build a metal detector without including metal in that metal detector isn't Mm. that a necessary component i think it's i think there's a certain distance that they're they consider safe from him such a great shot of him smiling there i mean because they've got computers and stuff so there's metal right because science right right? (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i know these things of of computer um yeah here we go. Nobody this can is, do. I. I would. I would put it to you like this: Had someone gotten a hold of Ian McKellen just ten years prior to this, perfect Dracula. Oh, perfect Dracula. Yeah. yeah. Had he done like? Had you gotten like? Had you gotten him instead of Gary Oldman? I think, and 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 completely changed the script and director and everything else about it. <laughs> but like, because because fuck that movie. But but had you literally said, hey, Ian McKellen, Dracula, and not becoming Dracula, but already Dracula in modern day. There's there's half your movie right there. I really like the effect on that. How they made like the impurity of the metal, like yeah. he he he. It's pushing, kinda, yeah. It's pushing the blood back to the surface. Yeah, and just I, condensing it's it. Really, yeah. really subtle work, but man, that's impressive. Yeah. You know, now that I think about it, I don't think I we've ever seen Ian McKellen and Peter Cushing in the same place at the same time. What? <laughs> right. That guy, that, that guy looked like Michael Fassbender. But, hey, I, it, um, bl- it blew me away to begin with when I found out Grandmaster Passel was in Star Wars. Like that was a huge day for me. Yeah. Like, it, I I like the oh, oh oh no he wasn't Pycelle. They they tried to get Roy Dutrice to do Pycelle, the guy right. who does the audiobooks, but he right. wound up being the uh, fire the fire the, fi- the fire master. Yeah. yeah. But um, God, he's they, such a badass. Look at him. And they, it, it's really, it's a really interesting thing that that 
X-Men, I think in particular manages to do in part because it's Ian McKellen and he's awesome, but just in part because of the kind of complicated, complex dynamics of the characters and stuff where you can have that scene where the villain is escaping and you're and totally you're with him. And you're like, yeah. You go, man. and you're che- and you're cheering for it. Fuck him like, yes. It goes back to the very first scene of the first movie and his introduction, where, as as we've said before, you you should craft your villain so he has a point. And he has pathos. Yeah, man, does Magneto have a point when you see things from his point of view? Yeah. You go, when you, when you introduce your character using the Holocaust, and you go, he thinks humans are fucked up and shouldn't be trusted. Here's why. Yeah. And you show Auschwitz. You go. Okay. I, Fair enough. Yeah, you got a point. And you know, I liked how they in first class how they were able to sort of mine that material again and add just a whole other layer of hell to it. Yeah. That really, I mean, because Ash, it's bad enough. Hey, hey. Uh, nobody else could hear what Brian was saying, but he said something funny. <laughs> that looks like a young Nathan Fillion. It kind of does. Yeah. This is the baby Nathan Fillion. Ronnie, no. And that cat loves tea or coffee. Apparently. Yeah, I think it's tea. Apparently, uh, apparently to get the cat to um, to lick the claws as well with that little gag yeah, where yeah, Wolverine yeah, does yeah. it. They put they put frozen tea on that too. So apparently he just <laughs> really just dug really that shit. Frozen tea. And so they put that on the claws so he would lick That's it. That's awesome. Oh, computer monitors in two thousand three. Yeah, how funny you were. That's so weird. And That's the whole CRT t- thing. tiny. Yeah, exactly. It's small and it's like, it's like four feet deep. <laughs> what is that? What's going on? Meanwhile, this, this, this some alternate universe. That's a really pretty internal cockpit setup going yeah. on. Yeah. Although I have to imagine Everything that at some point on. you would like there to be some sort of a distinction between the colors of all your instruments so you know what you're looking at. Yeah. <laughs> you think that? Okay, we're gonna make these buttons that turn the plane into a ball of fire red, just so we can really tell at a distance. So, like, if we're playing catch in the cockpit, we don't accidentally throw it at one of the ones that makes the ball fire. This sadly just seems like a scene where they're just like, well, we need Storm to do something. We just, Storm hasn't been around for two-thirds of this movie. We need we need her doing something. Yeah. Aside from butchering dialogue. Yeah, she doesn't really do much. They, uh, and they she has of, a point. Like, she has a point when she always says, like, there's just nothing for me to do in those movies. Yeah. Apparently, she's going to be in Days of Future's Past, so. They... they Everyone but him dropped the accent, by the way. Like, any attempt that they were doing an accent, like, Rogue isn't really doing her thing anymore. Right. She, she had kind of a thing. And and Storm kind of had an accent in the first one. Now she's just being Halle Berry. Which is good enough for you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It's good enough for everyone, including the Razzies. Did she win a Razzie for this? No. For Catwoman. Cat and it will never be forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> Just bad calls all around. I like we. I mean, we're never going to do a commentary on Catwoman because who can even sit through that shit? Though? I actually was just thinking. I'm like, I need to put that on the on the, <laughs> on list. On the list because that is one of the worst movies ever. It's it's astonishingly bad. Have you guys seen it, Catwoman? I don't think I still have yes. seen it. No, it was I on an not. airplane. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It cuts like every half second. It's so much cutting. Wow. That that's the main thing that that really bugged me. I'm like, I can't even deal with this. Like, let alone the is how the story the even story is. close to comprehensible <laughs> at all? No. no, there's something about about like makeup products or something that <laughs> that turns Sharon Stone into into fucking Wolverine <laughs> or something. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I wonder if they're gonna do a Catwoman spinoff with Anne Hathaway. 
Hmm. Probably not. Well, right now they're talking about the Justice League spinoff, which I don't know. How do you I guys feel she, about that? How I do think, you feel about a Justice League movie? I mean, I, okay, I, fine. But, uh, yeah, fine. I just don't see the point at this. We're, yeah. You'd have to do something completely different. The problem is, is that two thirds of those characters have not been properly introduced on film. Right. Like Green Lantern, they completely botched in every yeah. conceivable way. Uh, you'd have to, uh, you'd have to introduce like a new Green Lantern. You'd have to get Wonder, get, just get Wonder Woman right. They've get been Wonder s- Woman right, I'd be happy. Like that, that's, I mean. Joss, and what they ought to be be doing is putting Joss Whedon's Wonder Woman script into production. Did you ever read it? I haven't read it, but I, I'm just saying. Yeah. If, if you had, it, the guy who they just made, it. the guy who just made Disney a billion dollars wrote you a Wonder Woman script like eight years Years ago, it's yeah. sitting on the shelf. It's uh-huh. sitting on the shelf. Get a monkey, <laughs> literally put a monkey in the director's chair. Just, just literally. Yeah. Get one from the zoo. Put a baseball cap on it and put him in the director's <laughs> chair and just make that movie. And you will make a ton of money because you can you can ride Joss Whedon's name. And that and here's the thing that that whole ordeal really messed Joss up for a minute. Like I mean, he yeah. talked about it publicly. Like I mean, he was. I remember seeing him at Comic Con one year. Um, he wasn't doing anything specific, but I think I mentioned this on another down front. But yeah, I, th- I think he's. Yeah, tell it, just, tell but it. I mean, he basically just said like, it meant a lot for him to people still be into his stuff after the whole Wonder Woman thing. Like he was really shaken because he had he had pretty negative feedback, it, it, pretty negative him, public reaction they, to. They him. gave him like, yeah, Ron Silver I think was in charge, and like, uh, and they gave him like really hardcore notes, and then he he made his case, and Wait, then they Ron just, Silver uh, is an actor. Are you thinking of Joel Silver? Silver? Joel Silver. Joel Silver was uh, giving gave him some pretty hardcore notes, and then he made his case for it, and then they just fired him. They just. Just unceremoniously just dumped him from the whole thing. Has there ever been a leak? Like, can we find the script somewhere? It's not like Kevin Smith's Superman Lives script, which you can find if you walk ten paces in any direction. Mm-hmm. Like, it's um, actually someone someone just put put out a. I saw that there were they were um, there was like a collection of like basically every Superman script from. In that period between yeah. the the final Superman move, uh, you know, Superman Quest for Peace yeah, and yeah. and Superman Returns, like yeah. all those versions have actually been released, so you can read all of them. Yeah, and the Kevin Smith draft has been famously been around, and it's fine. It's 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 not the worst. I mean, honestly, it's one of the better scripts he's ever written. Uh, your mile, your miles may vary on what that means, but uh, you know, it's like it. it well, uh, now it's Clerks Three, apparently. <laughs> no, no kidding. But, I mean, there was at least like a vision for that movie, and Wonder Woman is like it's such a hard character to screw up like she's she's so single-mindedly defined and like every time they try to like translate her to screen or film they feel the need to just fundamentally change her to to be something else the david the pilot that david e kelly pilot that thing was awful i didn't yeah. see that. it was online briefly it was awful like it was just like you just you don't end your wonder woman pilot with a shot of wonder woman crying in her bed alone over a man Oh, oh dear! You know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's such such. Well, what was the exact nature of the Joss Whedon backlash? Was it just the fact that uh, is it essentially a different version of the Avengers Black Widow kind of thing? Like, oh, he's everybody gives him such praise for being you know writing strong women characters. But I don't think there was a backlash. A I, I think it was just a big deal that he got just dumped. Yeah, you know, just just uh, at the it, drop it, of it a hat. Okay. I mean, it's like I mean, it's I, I thought there was a public. Um, 
public nat- uh, public I, feedback nature to it. I don't know that enough people no, read it. And it, it, it wasn't aware of the public. Well, when is never actually having read the source material ever stopped right. the internet? True. Well, no, it, it never. It never. Um, I mean, it already. It, it happened. Like it's. Oh, he's hired Renee. Great, and now he's just fired. He's just off of it. But I mean, to to be fair, and I'm not trying to yeah, bash Josh, obviously. Is, well, yeah. but to be fair, that sort of thing happens in Hollywood all the time. Of course. Uh, usually, though, usually you get like opportunities to do rewrites, and usually with someone of his caliber, you get opportunities to rewrite second passes, things yeah. like that, and it just it's. I guess it. I guess it just surprised me because that's such a common occurrence, even for established writers. Uh, certainly more common for unestablished, but it still happens to established writers all the time. It may have been just the incredibly short turnaround time that with which it happened, like like almost like Sam Raimi on the World of Warcraft movie. He basically got dumped off that movie by Blizzard, and but that was like an eighteen month, almost two year process. The Wonder Woman thing was relatively short. Mm. Like he turned in his draft, they gave a couple notes, and before he really had a chance to address them, he was just off of it. Yeah, that's so, awful. Yeah. And for yeah, for a kid selling a spec, that's one thing. Yeah. But when you contract a, a big name dude who had a relationship with Warner Brothers to begin with of right. several several years, you know, it, it, there's something to be said. This is. I, I wonder if there was a deliberate um, aspect of foreshadowing or anything in the uh, the small joke he told earlier of uh, if you you know to Wolverine if you keep smoking in here you spend the rest of your life thinking you're a six-year-old girl and then the villain at the end appears to him as a as a, hmm. a delusion of a six-year-old girl oh oh eddie's Eddie, leaving Eddie's that's leaving. a wrap on eddie. saying goodbye bye eddie mm-hmm. i'll have i know i have two mics <laughs> i'll have to i'll have to swing back and forth just so this one doesn't get lonely <laughs> i'm not gonna you actually that. did that first i did though. i did do it you did it for the joke and that's what counts <laughs> <laughs> you're, do, you're doing a two, you're doing a scene with two actors. Oh, sounds like someone's here. Maybe someone else can jump on. Anyway, um, I was texting uh, various people to see if anyone can swing by. I, I asked Julian and Chad uh, and Ryan. All of them are like, "Can't." <laughs> <laughs> it's Saturday, dude. We're uh, doing I things. Know. <laughs> Although Julian um, feels strongly that we need to get back on the bridge of the Artemis as soon as possible. I wholeheartedly <laughs> concur. Yeah. Uh, I will say, as much as I have never had a thing for Storm as a character and don't like Halle Berry in the role and all of that. Goddamn. Th- Goddamn. <laughs> uh, this is uh, a great sequence coming up. And a, a great display, like a great cinematic use of, of her powers. Um, her making the tornado and everything here. There, There is an, an interesting kind of aspect to... I think in this movie because they, you know, they have more money, so they're able to kind of demonstrate um, their their powers more significantly. Every time, so basically, everyone gets a big sequence, and just about every time, I would watch the big sequence and go, "Well, they're just the most powerful person in the world." <laughs> like every single one of them. Yeah. No wonder the humans are so frightened. <laughs> well, that's what I always liked about the X Men. I I think that's one of the big reasons that I was always drawn to them is that it. There's such a diversity in just in terms of of abilities or powers or what you know set pieces I guess for lack of a better term in just like oh she well she can do whatever she wants with the weather that seems like a big deal yeah or he can do whatever he wants with metal that also seems like a really big deal but always in completely different domains of of experience of, of real life okay chat room you're the fourth panelist so start yeah. talking more and I'll start reading more. <laughs> Got to give some respect to these pilots, though. I got to say, <laughs> they're really uh... and a, a nice little touch that uh, one of them is is a woman. No, uh, oh. 
which which was which was the case back then and prior to 2003 as well i'm sure but probably not as common but it's nice little touches like that with directors like singer and and others that color kind of the the stereotype um uh, fill in details of the stereotype and go oh yeah women pilots yeah makes total sense we're not gonna make a thing of it She's yeah just it's just the way it is pilot. yeah I, yeah if, and now Halle Berry has been reduced to the god, Sigourney Weaver rule again. Where, she, where she's she's like oh my god there's two of them we know that Halle Berry <laughs> everyone can see what what's going on and I, I, I love Wolverine right here or no her her still she's like okay you just did a thing that I've never seen you do before and that was kind of pretty scary but uh there is still another one <laughs> so could you please do that again <laughs> so i uh, scared impressed really proud very proud gonna yeah. emphasize the proud but still need a little bit more yeah there's a lot of um nightcrawler, lot of- by the way nightcrawler is a bullshitter because right there he totally couldn't see inside the the, <laughs> the well the plane and was totally fine with teleporting in and out of it my understanding is that it's not that he has to be able to see it like have a direct he just has to have an awareness uh, uh, of he has to be able to visualize okay it. fair yeah. enough so he has to have been there before okay. i think is the idea sure or that makes some sense. other uh, some other way have a visual well just so he knows he's not teleporting into a wall or something yeah. yeah but it's still it's kind of an open question as to how like however you calculate that uh-huh. how, however the hell he calculates it go okay so ten thousand seven hundred and twenty point two meters that way two meters that way yeah if i could pick a power it would be teleportation though i think i've said that before mind control i'm sorry but mind control is <laughs> the most useful power of all time <laughs> telekinesis uh, just tell everybody that you're a teleporter and they'll believe you yeah exactly <laughs> tell them that i wasn't there yeah i guess flight Flight, I agree, is the most fun. But the problem but with flight mind control is, is, is the most useful. You could fly fast enough for it to be useful for anything other than having a good time. You'd burn your face off. Well, you could still wear like a flight suit or something. Oh damn! I don't want to. <laughs> Can my flight suit be like a hazmat suit? <laughs> you could wear one of those squirrel suits and then like and then just not use it. Exactly, <laughs> and like really freak people out that way. Like. Yeah, I'm going to do this squirrel suit thing and, and like, and do it. jump off the cliff and go up. Yeah, and, like, do it according to the laws of physics for, like, the first 30 seconds and then just fuck with people's minds. Yeah. Flight would be mine. Flight's fun. Plus, flight is the only one that isn't on the face of it something that you're planning on using to manipulate people. It is true. I've thought about the teleportation thing and been like... Um, I would do so much fucked up shit. Yeah, I'm like, you really... Absolute power corrupts absolutely. You really can't go more than but a couple why, weeks before. Why, why, why are you guys letting that limit you? Yeah, of course <laughs> I'm going to use my control to manipulate people. That's why I picked it. Yeah, it's true. I'm just saying that I think... It's hard to it's hard to understand. But when you, you can mind control everybody in the world to think that it's also ethical. So you're fine. Oh, interesting. Now now we can get into philosophy. Like, if you can convince everybody of a wrong philosophy, is that, is that you can change ethics. My God. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're running for office at some point, the time code for this file that you're going to play on CNN is 1 hour 21, 29. Please. I think I've said enough things on this to yeah. torpedo any chance of holding public office outside of Berkeley at this point. <laughs> I was going to say something mean about the president in this film, too. 
Oh, I was I was gonna say if I could be any mutant, I'd be a nightcrawler. But is that admitting I want to kill the president? No, because Stryker is the one who did that. He was he was using mind control. So what you're saying is it's the military industrial complex that's at fault. Yes. Proletariat. <laughs> you know who else said that? Washington. I was gonna say Hitler, but that would have been as, <laughs> that would have been entirely wrong. <laughs> you do mean Eisenhower, though, right? Isn't Washington I, the one who was like, "Don't let that happen," or was it? No, Washington was uh, Washington warned against political parties. Eisenhower okay. warned against the military. Okay, okay, then, yeah, I was confusing it with Eisenhower. Yeah, I get Eisenhower and Washington confused all the time. I accidentally killed George Washington the other day. In Assassin's Creed 3. Dude, are you just like now deliberately trying to tank your your opportunity? <laughs> I, I killed George Washington in a video game. Well, there's, And I liked it. I didn't know it was him. There's, <laughs> I just assassinated him from behind and then the game was like, you killed Whoa. George Washington, you fail. Oh, fuck. So he just randomly killed someone from behind. <laughs> he was, he was in my way. Until you found out that it was George Washington. Well, that's kind of what you do in that game. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> you, just, that's, you just killed George Washington. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, they, they also have a DLC. You're like Control Z. <laughs> They have DLC for that that um, uh, where Washington didn't like you know in in real history they were like so you're gonna be our king now right he's yeah. like you guys are retarded like what did we just do that whole thing for <laughs> what did we just <laughs> <Yeah>. do <laughs> so you so we just fought with King George <laughs> let me get this straight <laughs> so but uh, there's a a DLC alternate history where he was like yeah. Yeah, bring it on. What did we do this for, if not to make me king? And so he became this insane tyrant, and then you have to assassinate him. Oh, that's nice. the, that's the that. goal. So Fox News was very upset. I'm sure they were. I'm yeah. sure when they had Thomas Jefferson on the other day, um, <laughs> which I just watched this morning, they just had a guy and literally pretended that he was George Washington, or uh, literally pretended he was Thomas Jefferson, and then who proceeded to then talk about how he cut the deficit when he was president and how he believes in small government and yada, 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 yada. Right. Yeah. Man, friggin' everyone needs... Just I'm just going to put this out there every so often. I'll make this a once-a-year thing. Everybody read 1984 and really <laughs> like pay attention. So I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there, and I think this will actually torpedo my chances of being king geek more than... What we just Dude, talked about. Dude, that's all you have left. Keep it. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole, like, everybody in the world is like, Gene and Wolverine, yeah. Which I think is kind of fucked up. I'm going to say it because Wolverine is, first of all, he's a homewrecker, right? <laughs> yeah. He really, he, like, he really is just a homewrecker. And if if that situation were flipped, if Gene were the guy and Logan and Cyclops were the women, actually, I don't know where that Wait, what's happening? Going. Yeah. I was doing a gender flip. You thing, were saying that, but my metaphor broke. Or my no, no. I see what you're saying. So, so if if it were oh, no. if it were a woman coming in okay. ruining this yes. relationship, as opposed and, to and and the man, i.e., if Jean Grey were a man in this situation yes. and went with the the, wolver, the female Wolverine, yeah, the other woman, the other woman, yeah. quote unquote. Whoa, people would lose their shit over that. They yeah. would burn down cities over that. Like, but gen, the gender roles are flipped. People don't seem to have a problem with it. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm not I'm not saying. I'm just asking. I'm asking the question. What question am I asking? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so Wolverine is a homewrecker. But yeah, he's he's a homewrecker. Yeah. Well everyone yeah, everyone's like, oh, he's the bad boy and blah blah blah. But yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like but no. It's why does that give him 
any sort of right yeah. <laughs> to to jump in and just get what he wants because he wants it. That's not how that works. You sound jealous. <laughs> Isn't this the? Yeah, this is Mystique. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought I was remembering this scene right. Oh, so it's okay, nice but he can sleep with her because that's not Cyclops's girlfriend. Well, if they're if you're just doing weird. role play, then sure. It's a role play bit. with a shapeshifter. Role play is pretty easy when you're dealing with Mystique. Yeah. All right, I want it to be me and Hitler. No, me and <laughs> Mickey Mouse. No, me and half and half. <laughs> half Mickey, half Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey Hitler. I'm sure that exists. Walt Disney would have been Donald psyched. Hitler exists. Donald Hitler. Yeah. Um, Mickey Hitler must exist. I'm gonna look. And again, here goes me ruining chances for ever holding public office. <laughs> wow. There were accusations that Walt Disney was an anti-satellite, weren't there? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. It was. It was a different time. No, but I. I you Whoa, know, there's... there it is, Mickey Hitler. Yeah, oh, I, yeah, an actual cartoon, a little animation about Mickey playing Hitler. Well, I'm there was not even going to click that. There was a. There was. Oh, yeah, well, if it's not official, there was. I mean, people talk about the the anti-Semitism and stuff like that, but it is worth pointing out that. And, and, well, maybe they got confused. I don't know the actual story, but there is an there is a cartoon, a Disney cartoon about Donald as a Nazi. Donald is a Nazi. He is working for the Nazis. Yeah, we were just looking at a picture where he's holding yeah. Mein Kampf. He's reading. Yeah, yeah he's, he's reading, reading it, Mein and he's Kampf. he's he's working for their side, and he's he's heiling Hitler and and all of that. And it turns out to be a nightmare. He wakes up for a minute at the end, and he's glad to to uh, you know be an American. He's basically you know selling war bonds and stuff to be like, yeah, that guy over there, fuck him, right? Like I'm going to support the the American troops. But it may just be that people got caught up with the Donald is a Nazi thing. And <laughs> but so I mean Disney made an anti-Nazi propaganda thing that I think a lot of people are mistaking for Nazi propaganda right. well, because they they took it away and all their all the people the, the, the all the people see is the context, context of yeah. yeah of Donald as a Nazi. We're, I mean Disney as as many places did at the time made lots of propaganda for yeah. World War II. So there's all about there's tremendously racist Disney cartoons and other cartoons as well out there of of uh Mickey and Donald and all all your other childhood favorites being really racist against Germans and Japanese and yeah and whatnot. Oh my gosh, yeah, very racist against Japanese. But hey, yeah. we needed it to win the war somehow. <laughs> but they're they haven't done what what Warner Brothers has done, which is they put out their cartoons. They put out collections of like Looney Tunes cartoons. Yeah, and they've they've got a card at the beginning be, that that essentially I'm paraphrasing. They basically say. Some of these cartoons are fucking hella racist, <laughs> and we're not proud of that. We're ashamed of it, in point of fact. The right. opinions of the Walt Disney Corporation but, do not reflect the opinions of the Walt Disney Corporation. But, but they, make the, they make the point that it would be worse to pretend that this never happened. Yeah. Because it's actually surprisingly a, res- a responsible thing for a major corporation yeah. to do it's like this is what the world was like at that point so we're putting it here for academic basically yeah. for academic reasons for historical so, posterity yeah. here's what we did and here's you know what yeah. these were we're not saying it this was is, cool is we're not, not saying cool. we would make this stuff today <laughs> we're certainly not making uh donald duck dreaming he's part of the taliban yeah cartoons today dude yeah i just saw it <laughs> <laughs> you, I just saw the I just saw it? the poster. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, X Men is happening. X Men is happening, but we're waiting for the 
we're we're really waiting for X Men to happen. They're they're kind of ramping up to it. Um, they we've established all the exposition of we're going into the dam and we're gonna do this. I remember I remember um, they're doing the Ocean's Eleven thing. We're like, okay, here's yeah, here's our big plan laid out. Or the as we've talked about on Titanic, Trey pointed out on Titanic. Here's here we're gonna lay out the whole thing. So while it's actually happening, you know what the hell's going yeah. on. Do you do you remember this? what uh david hater was talking about because he's he i remember specifically him saying that this and the third act of x2 unraveled a little bit compared to what was originally planned and i can't remember why that was i don't recall but um i i I do love that guy in the in the guard room who is like his response to everything is i'm gonna flood the tunnel he's like (laughs) there's a guy walking down it I'm gonna flood it. It's like doesn't check who it is. Doesn't wait for anyone else's response. He's had, that job, for, he's had that job for job for nine yeah. months, and he's been staring at that flood the tunnel button. Yeah. And he is just waiting, man. He is so curious. He wants to know how fast it's gonna flood, yeah. how long it's gonna flood for, what's it gonna flood with. He's so psyched. Yeah. He, he's running with the imagination. I, I, I think I saw a bug, you guys. I'm gonna flood it. I'm gonna flood it. <laughs> he's begging for permission. <laughs> He's not even. He barely even waited for permission. If Stryker hadn't been right there, he would have. <laughs> Stryker had been in the bathroom. We would have yeah. been fucked. Permission to flood the tunnel. Hello, no. flooding the tunnel. <laughs> Nobody told me no. I, I didn't. I panicked. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I shit my pants. I do Who's like the guy behind him. He looks familiar. Looks like Link. I uh, over his yeah, yeah. yeah right there. Yeah, I don't know. He looks he's, British. He's a guy, guys. He's a guy. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I I I do like that moment where things go immediately wrong. Where it's like that ain't Wolverine. You think I don't know? I'm out of here. That ain't a preacher. Oh, she gives him the finger as she slides yeah. away. Nice. I didn't notice that before. Flood the tunnel. <laughs> now you get to flood the tunnel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you press the button. Oh, did he knock out the guy that was gonna flood the tunnel? Yes, he did. That's not fair. I love, when pe- in this world I love when people are goddamn tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I love when people when Mystique is playing people so they get to be silly. Yeah. For, for a couple of shots. I always love those moments when they whenever they are whenever they pop up in genre. Regardless of the excuse, just like because it happens in Star Trek all the time. Mm-hmm. And Doctor Who, I'm sure it happens and yada yada. The actor getting to play someone playing them. Yeah. Yeah. Not so much in Doctor Who, but that must be really... Oh, it's an X. <laughs> I get it. Because it's the Fantastic Four. Guys, the theme of this movie is X. <laughs> <laughs> X marks the spot. <laughs> yeah. Find X. And Did you see that... that uh, mm. there, was, there was that image... I think it was an image macro. It was like, Dear Algebra, stop asking me to find X. She's moved on. <laughs> she doesn't want to hear from you anymore. <laughs> just to hear it, that in this universe, there should be some sort of a some sort of a program called Solve for X, which is where they're basically detectives for you. <laughs> I'm sure if Eddie were here, he'd be like, Oh yeah, that was a whole oh, yeah, line there, of comics. There was in the a 70s. line in the early eighties yeah. that was A, B, and C. It was in a comic called A Line in the Sand of Day of Life of Time. <laughs> a day in the life of the time of war in bed a day in the time of the life of war in bed X part two <clears throat> reckoning society something yeah <laughs> something something theme depending on the lighting scenario he is either pale as hell 
or the tannest person that's ever happened. Yeah. That that little shot more than anything, that kind of little sweep behind him mm-hmm. and reveal. And now we're going back the other way. That more than anything, watching this. I mean, we're, we we did a whole episode on the visual effects industry and stuff like that. That more than anything, even from 10 years ago, made me appreciate, like, that's that's an effect being used to tell the story, to communicate an idea. It's mm-hmm. not to, to right. you know, get that through. And you could have done it with cuts or something like that, you know, 20 years ago or whatever you had to do. But it's so much more effective to be able to do it that way and, and well, just to I be mean, able tiger. to have that tool and to be able to use it. It's like the tiger. It's the same thing. Well, yeah. In, in Rhythm and Hughes. Well, yes. In the, Life of the, the tiger very specifically. But, I mean, the, the tiger is, is like actively <gasps> creating a character. I'm just talking about the way you juxtapose and the way it helps you tell a story oh, even I, I, in subtle I ways. I got you. It just occurred to me that the guy who played Pi was Calvin. And he was imagining a real tiger when he only had a stuffed one to play with. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Backdoor Calvin and Hobbes movie. Ah. <laughs> Have you seen... You guys? <laughs> Have you seen the... Um, Images of somebody has taken Calvin and Hobbes, uh, the yeah. characters, cut them out and put them in, Photoshop them into real photographs. He got a C&D, too. Did, Did he really? He? Uh, yeah. From who? Uh, the people that... Oh, Andrews McMillan, I think, yeah. is the... Um, uh, that's awful. There were comparisons drawn to, like, Garfield minus Garfield, and someone had done a post, one, someone who's a lawyer with a blog, had done a post trying to basically eliminate the difference between subtleties in the intentions between them in which one is fair and one is not but they he actually asked them if it was cool and they responded by saying no please don't oh that was his mistake yeah i know yeah don't ask for permission ask for (laughs) forgiveness or when you're asked for forgiveness just run (laughs) well if they fly away it's a problem if if they if you do it and they they have to tell you no, and if you do it anyway, then you're the asshole. But if you just do it and everyone loves it, and they didn't already tell you no, then they're the asshole, and they probably will leave it. Would leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I probably shouldn't have brought it up, but there we did. Hey, look, it's Portal Two in there. Yeah, it's just, super is. I love the I love the fact, by the way, on the schematic. That guy has a really nice ear. <laughs> on the they on this, for that on the schematic itself for Cerebro Two. It looked like this. They like deliberately built it run down, it looks like, because you look at the computer schematic and they're like, yeah, there's a bunch of panels missing and there's all this stuff. It's like, oh, that was the plan then, I guess. This is brand new, man. This is right off the line. Nah. We build them shitty now. That's how we do them. Although apparently the panel, like, again, I'm sure Eddie could be like, oh, yeah, so here's how that works. But apparently, as we discover later, the specific arrangement of panels changes the the way the, it's calibrated it changes I would think, the powers of it or something uh, yeah i would think that would be just a setting in the you know switch from human to mutant but i guess you have to actually swap the panels around can x make cats think funny things too i don't know if you'd want I to get up in, the, in that brain you're saying can professor x control the minds of non-humans and non-mutants is that yeah. what you're saying lesser lesser animals cats sharks i don't see why not the worker ants the brain is you know our brains are just built on top of the brains of the creatures that came before us so yeah but that may it, it may be within the story that that's the part now we're gonna get a bunch of people being like they don't know what they're talking about without eddie eddie should we, we don't we yeah um we're just guys full disclaimer yeah i would we're i would not that you we're could not nerds in that okay, particular day. i would put it this way i don't know what the the official 
thing is, but you could go either way. You could you could do your thing right. where it's like if you're a comic book writer if you wanted him to control a cat or whatever for the sake of a story totally fine yeah. if it was important for conflict that he could not control a cat right. or something like that then you could also justify that by saying like you said um you know our brains are built on top of the the brains of lesser animals but it's that top layer that he's actually doing anything with yeah so if maybe. you if you're lacking the if you're lacking consciousness then there's nothing for him to manipulate and there could be a really cool reveal where he's at SeaWorld and finds himself suddenly able to do that with dolphins though (laughs) (gasps) well yeah I mean let's let's really like think out this premise then yes if if he could let us shall (laughs) if 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 the rules of his magic being are he can only control the minds of sentient sapient creatures i.e. humans and mutants and then he becomes uh, and then it's proven that he's capable of controlling the minds of say dolphins and whales and maybe elephants and lower primates other primates does that qualify as a test for sentience then do we then have to give personhood rights to dolphins and elephants if professor x can mind control them only the blue ones well i think that's how rights go to be you start by color and and to be fair i'm sure he'd get to the point of being like well let's see if they can just accept the mutant sentience thing first (laughs) then we'll start fighting for the dolphins (laughs) like Let's first they came for the dolphins, and I said nothing. (laughs) And I said, (laughs) The Cyclops thing doesn't really look that great to me, Uh, but that's not necessarily an implementation thing. I think that's just I don't like the idea of it, I don't think it's something that really it's just this blobby non effect that doesn't do anything for me. I think it's a great, I think it's a great, um, they did a good job of making it look like it's forceful, yeah, it just doesn't look. Like I think much to me. I think I, that's the well. I think that's the problem is that we're looking at a particularly dialed up version because he's kind of he's trying to fucking kill her. Whereas normally it's dialed down. And I think there's a little bit of nuance to the, the like design the, of the like effect. Fire hose. Yeah. It, oh, th- is that I, guy gonna flood the tunnels now? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that guy hit me. Fuck him. I'm the, flooding the tunnel. The laser beams are one of the inherently yeah, looking effects. He's gonna wake up and be like, oh fuck, fuck it. <laughs> First thing he does when he wakes up. I'm flooding it. <laughs> uh, they're one of the inherently sillier looking effects, so I think they do. Coming at it from the other side, they do a really a, as good of a job as they can making it seem like a real thing. I guess so. Yeah, it's fair enough. The visor itself, though, does look pretty stupid. Why does he have a visor? It helps him control it. He can yeah. so oh. he can he can open his eyes and walk around and not have to worry about frying everything he looks at. Yeah, but yeah, he but he can too. also. Um, he, the reason he reaches up and, and touches the side is it, it he can click it and lift up the visor and allow him to use it as a weapon. Oh, because see. otherwise, he's just got the sunglasses, which is fine, but he can't he can see and not kill everyone. But if he if he lifts up his sunglasses, he's got no way to focus it, which right. is what to happened in the, in the first power. one. Who would win in a fight, Cyclops oh, really? or Jordy LaForge? <laughs> <laughs> Jordy can read. <laughs> <laughs> Does that help? Jordy's also got that killer little roll under the closing door move. That'll come in handy. All the time. Reading is more handy. Just to sit down in front supports Jordy's reading ability. It Not took, Cyclops' is Cyclops' it, it took me a little while to understand you were making a reading rainbow reference, and I was like, why have we decided Cyclops is illiterate? That's, <laughs> that's really mean. Have you ever seen him read? That's true. He lives at a school. He lives at a he house. He teaches Michael. at a school. He teaches at a school. That's true. Oh, so now we're appealing to authority, are we? Well, if it's a pri- if it's well, a it private is- school, he can he, they can hire whoever they want. He it is a homeschool. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I have no reason to explicitly 
act out the fact that Cyclops can't read. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish Eddie were still here because he could say more about the character that's about to appear other than her name. Or whether or not she can read. Or whether she can read. But he could. Uh, <laughs> I, but I don't know that. I don't we know lost our mutant power. <laughs> yeah. I, I really don't know that much about Lady Deathstrike or what her you know, kind of relationship is. I will say that... I wonder if um, that's what Hater was referring to when he said the third act started falling apart. I think so. I think, mm-hmm. I think she, you know, her getting stuck in, because she doesn't really... She doesn't do much. There, I, was, I was watching this... I was watching this, like I said, to, to prepare for this, and I was struck by the fact that the the scene here with them fighting doesn't accomplish anything in terms of the story, really. It's like he's got he's got yeah. no goal that she is preventing him from from accomplishing. He's just kind of wandering around. And neither around. does she. And neither does she. She's just fighting him. So it goes on for a while and it's while it's a neat idea because they're both they both have the same powers, which I believe is not the correct is not I, it's, I believe not the correct depiction of Lady Deathstrike. That is not yeah, the correct the correct depiction of and they don't actually call her Lady Deathstrike. He had but no junk. Like, yeah, they I'm sure they had to paint that out or something. That was someone's job <laughs> for a good work. If you can get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy was probably married, and he would go home every night, and her his wife would just be like, "Please tell me about it." Yeah, I was just doing effects on a shot that had a penis in it that needed to be removed. Yeah, I did a shot with. Pe- yeah, I put that on your reel. <laughs> I dare you. Paint reel. I dare you. <laughs> Seth Broward did. Um, he worked on Black Swan, and you know that shot where she pulls the hangnail all the oh, way yeah. up her finger. <gasps> He did that one? Yeah. Oh. And it's on his reel. And every single time he shows me a new version, I'm like, fuck you, Seth. Oh, Jesus. God. Uh, I, if I were looking at that reel, I would not hire him because I would just turn that reel off yeah, right there. Like, yeah. It does get your attention. I'll tell you that. He's just like, oh, ah, God damn it, Seth. It's a great shot. It's a really, really compelling and beautiful effect. It's just horrifying. Yeah. Uh, like I said before, um, I think Singer has gotten <clears throat> better but, at action. But yeah, between... Between X Men and X Two here, um, he got. She's got four more things. That means she's better. <laughs> Woo! He got much better at action, but it just became, the, the you know, it's a cool scene, but it's not. Do you like the choreography? It's it's pretty good, but it it. I don't know. It's it's not a extremely uh, clever in terms of choreography. You know, there's not any really long takes where they're just going at it. It's like whoa, bam, stab, bam, th- throw across the room. That was a cool shot, though. Yeah, it's very, it's very quick. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an action scene, so that's but it's cool, and I like example. I like her little lady claws. <clears throat> yeah. That's a that's a clever way to do it, and I, and I, I agree with uh, what I was saying before about this reveal, where he's like, "Oh, that's a thing besides me." Then that's not good. What? What's the reveal? She, uh, she has the, she has well. the yeah, the healing factor because, and I I particularly like the way he plays it in terms of oh, I know what. You know, because because he even earlier in this film, you know, there's the scene where where the guy was trying to stab him and he heals and totally fucks up the other guy. Yeah. So he's like, oh, this is what that feels like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that sucks. That's what that oh shit moment is for yeah. other people. But it does. I mean, it. The whole point oh, of the wow. whole point of Wolverine is that he's supposed to be, you know, unique. He's supposed to be one of a kind, and he's supposed to be the only one that could even take the claws and the oh. skeleton because he had the healing power. So, 
Right. To, to have to have literally the female version of him, both the claws and the instantaneous healing in the second movie, feels cheap to me. Well, and and there's she only exists for that scene. Yeah. It's like there's an opportunity there because there's so much. He's he's got this aspect of. You know the the undercurrent oh. that he doesn't really get to to do much with in in this movie, but there's the undercurrent. The whole reason he's there is I want to find out who I am. I want to yeah. find out what this means. Not only that, but you could also play with sort of the subtext of this movie in the last one, where they're talking about what does it mean to be a mutant, and does it mean that you're not human, and are you alone? Are you unique? Do you exist outside of the existing system? And then you have this carbon copy of him. Yeah, you might be able to do something interesting with that in terms of resonance. Yeah, well, just the. I, yeah, exploring your identity as a mutant and as a person exactly. and stuff like that. And he's trying to figure out his place in the world. And he's going, well, there's this other person that's like me. What does that mean? You know, what does that entail? I should probably jam her full of liquid goo. Yeah. That's what we all say, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's... that's yeah, it, w- it, would be, it would have been nice... That's horrifying. ...if yeah. there had been something... Mm. Some attempt at conversation between the two of them. Just like, a, okay, we're the same. You're mind controlled right now. Just, I need you to hang on for a couple seconds until the mind control wears off. And then we can have a real conversation. And then maybe I can get through to you. Yeah, and- like maybe if, maybe if you were trying to, maybe if you were trying not to fuck her up. <laughs> because yeah. like, I'm waiting He's for trying this- to delay her yeah. until the mind control I'm wears off. I'm waiting for that to That's wear off scene. so we can talk. And then there's there's yeah. a goal there as opposed to they're just fighting. Yeah. Because That's you great. can still have a really cool fight scene there. And then he gets but then it means something. Someone else uh, kills her or she dies some other way. Someone, some third individual has agency on the fact that she doesn't live long enough Phoenix, to ever Phoenix talk would to kill her. And then he gets pissed. Jean Grey. And then he has a motivation for whatever happens for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Good job. Hooray, we fixed it. Yeah. I do also... We fixed a good movie. I, I also like uh, what's coming up now, which feels right here, which is like, oh, good. The villain has come to save the day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's completely what this is. It's the, the, the villain of the, of the story or what everyone kind of understands to be the villain. It's like, it's like no, Terminator no, 2. this is no good. We, <laughs> yeah, he is like Terminator 2, but then he remembers he's the villain and, and tries to kill everyone this on is the other side. This is an excellent example of how to expand the, expand the world of a movie in a sequel without... <sighs> Without fucking it up, essentially. Like, everybody <laughs> is still the character that they are, and you still have conflict, and you're still introducing a new villain, you're, so you're not rehashing what's come before. Right. You add complexity and do not take away what's already there. Yeah, you, yeah, there you go. You add complexity without compromising the integrity of the story you've already told. Yeah, and, and build off of it. I mean, yeah. I think that's what... That's... <clears throat> I mean, we did we did our whole episode on it and stuff like that, and we're all kind of on the same page. But that's that's definitely what a lot of people were responding to with Spider-Man Two, as well as a sequel, and why so you many people. So. No, that's why the people sure, because whatever <laughs> <laughs> because it because it it actively built off the first one as opposed to just oh it's Spider-Man and Mary Jane again. It was like all of those things that happened happened like we're still acknowledging that those things happened and we're we're playing off the the consequences of those i don't think you know in retrospect i don't i I agree that it didn't do a good job but its intention was a saga not episodic yes whereas a lot of movies are just kind of like okay 
that happened and now we're going to move on and we're never going to address that again, you know, <laughs> and that's why a lot of sequels feel like a rehash too, because like you said, you know, they'll do the one movie and then the next movie, it's like the exact same thing happens again. Right. And the villain is doing their thing and, the, and all of that. And there's no sense of growth. Yeah. So. Whereas here, it's that's exactly I, the same that's thing. That's what but I, I'm cautiously optimistic about Iron Man 3, because at least based off the trailer and his narration, where he's like, yeah, so I'm this dude, you know, I'm do this and that, and yeah. occasionally I save the world. It seems like it's what I'm excited optimistic about the whole marvel you know continuing this whole like second wave of them the tr- the like telling these stories but acknowledging in a in a way that kind of hasn't been done before at least on the scale of yes this has come before but we're still on some kind of emotional journey right well even the line he said about uh even in the trailer the just the one line that he says of nothing's been the same since New York. He's yes. talking about the events yeah. of the Avengers. Yeah. And he's talking about the fact that the Avengers changed his trajectory as a person and as a character, right. you know, and that makes it significant. And it's a, a, an ongoing story as opposed to this week in Iron Man, you know. Do you ever yeah. think about what the population of a fictional world would call the events of what happened in the movie about that fictional world? Like, one day... A little over 10 years ago, some planes flew into buildings in New York, and we call that 9-11. Right. What do they call what happened in Avengers in the fictional New York now? Do, do, do they call it the attack? Do they call it the thing with the weird mechanical space ghosts? Do we call it yeah, it, Avengers some, Day? I don't mean... That's, yeah, maybe... A-Day? A maybe. It, it, it all depends. That's something, that's something that kind of ends up growing and and if they did that in the movies if they did that in the marvel movies they start talking about a day if they start talking about a day then you totally you know you get that well there's there's also the tough part of like how would new york have changed new york well new york in movies it's like fucking every day is some random (laughs) like (laughs) yeah i want to see a movie set in that universe of new york where it's not just it like yeah have 9-11 there and then have everything else too where it's like you have 9-11 you also have you know well, we can't, you, we, yeah. we can't call the Cloverfield we, attack. Yeah. Property values would drop. We can't call this one a day because that's what happened with Independence Day in '96. Yeah. So this one's not a day, and there are. I mean, this this was aliens, but we already did. We already had aliens, but it wasn't in, the Godzilla alien. <laughs> this was more like yeah. <laughs> and, they start and going it, by. They just name them like hurricanes. This yeah. was this was terrible event, Irene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then if like one of you know somebody from our universe, say you know hypothetically went into their universe and be like, well, what about nine eleven? Well, you mean that Tuesday? Yeah. This wasn't a big deal. Oh, we don't even name that one. Yeah, some buildings fell down. Yeah. Come on. We knocked over half the city twice last week. Yeah. And rebuilt it, by the way. We're getting good at that. 9-11 sounds like an awesome day to us. <laughs> did you Did you see, uh, I posted it a long time ago, but uh, some insurance company uh, actually like, did oh, yeah, a yeah. damage assessment of what the Avengers events And it was like $14 billion yeah. to, in property damage. Well, it was essentially, it was essentially, basically their conclusion was it was about as expensive as the Japanese tsunami. Uh-huh. Which, oh, in the chat, um, Vapes says that it's actually called the Battle of New York and the Avengers. Okay. Uh, All right. History. But that's lame. <laughs> Plus, there's lots of battles. 
Soon we're going to have to start naming them like hurricanes. I'm telling you. Although I like the implic- or well, associated I with the color I, of whatever. I like it. I like it happening in that universe where I don't have yeah. to live through it. But but the if they're calling it the Battle of New York, that means there are battles elsewhere that yeah. they ha- such that they have to specify. And that uh, I don't know. That makes it potentially. If I've known anything about how wars can work throughout history, you can pretty much name them whatever the fuck you want. That's true. Seven years war lasted nine years. Okay, whatever. We don't care anymore. <laughs> We're just making shit up. They're almost like the titles of comic book movies. <laughs> he has kind of a Ted Levine thing, depending on what his face is doing. Which Cox one? Does. Hugh Jackman? Oh. Oh, boy. Brian Cox is another one, but I mean, should should give him the credit. Another actor where it's like, I'm I'm glad you're here. Class in the joint up. Yeah. You know, you, you make this work. Because and, you're willing to do it, <laughs> and really, I mean, when you're when you're talking about the other two guys in the pantheon that you have to deal with are Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. You better bring you got to you, you got to bring somebody who brings the money. It's never safe to just maybe assume that they're both going to suck this time. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't bet money on that. I think Ian McKellen was a fad. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy more years, and then that was everyone's a, that was a fun week, you guys, when we put him in all the movies. But <laughs> come on. <laughs> I still think we should make a Dracula with him. I don't care. I don't care how old he is. Just do it. But not Chris Lee? No, well, I Chris care Lee how old he is. Drag- he's not, yeah, and he's been Dracula. Yeah, so. oh, yeah. He had his shot. <laughs> <laughs> and he blew it. Plus, he doesn't leave his house anymore. He's just got really? like... Dude, if you were Christopher Lee, would you? No. <laughs> I totally get it. I'm just saying. I'd just walk around reading things out loud. <laughs> but I mean, nutrition he's, facts. He's still he's but still in sodium the, in the full on white Saruman uh, robes. But he's he still appears in movies. But I'm pretty sure he's just got like a blue wall in his house, and people come and visit him and shoot him in costumes, and then put him in movies because you never you you don't see him interacting with people anymore. He's always his own shots. I guess that's true. Like, what is, what is but he now it's lately? now it's broadening up into a massive conspiracy in my head. Yeah. that maybe he never I, existed at all. <laughs> I guess he did in <laughs> he's, Hobbit. He's, he's like uh, two pack at Lollapalooza. What, what was that Pacino movie? Simone. Yeah. Yeah. Or Sim One. Sim One. <clears throat> Wow, I forgot about that movie. Coffee and bagels. I, I I also think we haven't seen a lot of... I mean, we haven't addressed a lot of it, but I feel like there's a bit... There's more humor in this movie than in the previous one. Um, like the gag about her shutting him up because he was going to do his whole spiel about in the Munich circus, they called... No, no. Third act, we're done. We don't yeah. need that anymore. We got it, but you're cool. Hmm. What? So if he holds Halle Berry, they both bamf. Yes. Yes. If he's holding her left hand and she's holding someone else's in the other hand. It's bamps all the way down. I know. <laughs> could, he, could we all, could we have like a giant group hug of the entire planet and all bamf each other just rotating around the world? <laughs> just boom. Everybody just moves one step to the left. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Or does, it, or does it not work quite as well once you get a few steps down the line? So that guy just half bamps and it's horrifying. Oh, it's like that. Uh, it's like that. Well, presumably he's got to like hold the Look spatial information in his head. So I'm assuming there's some sort of upper limit on yeah what he can visualize. Well, that's his navigation, though. We're not talking about the, the navigation, just the ability. If everyone's all touching, they can all bamp with him. But he has only got the capacity for knowing where he is, but not someone 300 feet away is. What happens to those guys? Because they're going to bamf somewhere. <laughs> if that's how it works. It might not be how it works. 
Get your Bluetooth out of here, Halle Berry. <laughs> <laughs> you are not an X-Man. At least if you're going to do something like that, be like Cyclops and put on Google Glass. Come on. Yeah. Oh man, Google Glass. I really hope. I hope that is a fad. I'm like the old guy in the room. Like I'm not, and I'm the one who wears glasses. And I'm like, I'm not putting that shit on my face. <laughs> I don't want that. You are so going to do it. What? Well, I I will when it becomes March 9th, 2013, 6 16 p.m. No, it's gonna because it's going to become the thing where I can. We shall literally, refer back to this. I can. It's going to become a thing where I can literally like no longer navigate a car without having Google Glass because it's all going to be built in. It's like okay, fine. Now I have to. I have to use Google Glass. Or I'm gonna die. Or let me ask you a question: How long was it into it into their existence before you got a smartphone? Uh, well, you're you're an Apple fanboy, so you probably got a iPhone. I got the, the day they came yeah, out. I got the iPhone, but smartphones predate it. I'm not as much of an Apple fanboy to think they don't. <laughs> there were fa- there were smartphones I, before the iPhone. I'm aware of that. Yes. <laughs> so there. What are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> we're taking pot shots yeah. at each other for some reason. We're 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 vamping. We're vamping. <laughs> Vamp. <laughs> B-V-A-M-P-F-V. Vamp. <laughs> it's drunk vamping. Vamping. Vamp. There's a... It, this is so an interesting... seems like a really just fucked up version of the Nexus that Picard is in. Mm. And then, that's a Star Trek reference that neither of you probably got. <laughs> nope. Was that that was Generations, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Ooh, I knew that. Gold star. Yeah, that's right. I want a cookie. <laughs> no, seriously, guys. I want hey, a flood of the tunnel. Yeah, seriously, I'm gonna get a cookie after this. And watch him be like, "Oh, this is. It's just kind of a leaky flood." <laughs> yeah, the guy's still in there. Like he was expecting Temple of Doom. <laughs> like, oh, that was disappointing. Yeah, he's like, oh, I have to find another button now. What's one? None of these are is exciting. There's nowhere near as much possibility in oh, off. All these other ones just make calls. <laughs> there's there's probably there's probably something worth saying about the the part where this guy, Jason, the mind control guy, his when when I almost said card. Oh my god. Um, when uh, when Professor X, uh, you know, basically broke his hold and was was starting to come out of it, his reaction was he's going to be talking about his dad talking about striker who's going to be so mad at me and i was like there's got to be something to be said about this mind control guy has had his mind so twisted by his right. father that's great that even given all of the, even given everything that's been done to him he's still doing everything to try and please his father you know oh there it is there it I, is i hope the guy stuck around long enough to see <laughs> yeah I hope, I hope he lived to see this day <laughs> <laughs> putting a lot of emphasis on I just guy. imagined him like Sam Neill wanting to see Montana in Friday October. That's all he wanted, man. He just wanted to see what happens when he flood the tunnel. Some men just want to watch the world drown. <laughs> Some men just want to watch the tunnel flood. I'm just saying. That little blonde kid at the front, I feel like he's somebody. I oh, feel like he's a Yeah. He got cut out of this crew in 1995. <laughs> okay, so Professor X is totally helping himself stand up there. I totally call bullshit on 
They're like, Professor X. The wheelchair thing is actually, actually paralyzed. It's just, it's it's like a rascal scooter. He doesn't really need it. He just does it because it's easier. And yeah. you, That's yeah. how I get it. He's I, I, around, put a, he goes I just put Target. a basket in my lap and I just, I don't have to, you know, I'm out of everyone's way. He goes to Target and he's riding around in his wheelchair. Yeah. It's like between the aisles. The other question is, if he's one of the most powerful telekinetics in the world, why can't he just telekinesis his legs? Well, look, he's a telepath. He's not telekinetic. Oh, he's also telekinetic. Oh, is he? Yeah. Well, then fuck him then. <laughs> <laughs> Blame the victim. You're exactly right. Why can't he just... Well, that would be... I, f- I feel like I... I I don't know. If I if I were one of the most powerful telekinetics in the world, I, I'd be like, really? I'm going to spend half my effort all the time to walk? It's aerobics. <laughs> like, seriously? Well, it's not you- aerobics because you're not using, you're not actually using your muscles. You're just puppeteering yourself around. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's anaerobics for your skill. <coughs> no, I guess so. I always wonder why Yoda didn't do that. Why doesn't Yoda just... Well, first of all, be six feet tall. Second <laughs> yeah. of all, just, you know. If you're so powerful, Yoda, <laughs> why don't you grow a little taller? Why don't you just float around all the time? You don't have to have... His IM name must be like, I can't reach it, 45. Because <laughs> he would be useless well, in a kitchen. He, well, he does that in the prequels, doesn't he? He's, no, he's, he's sitting he's, on a little... Yeah. He's sitting on a little you know, oh, sled. A that, he sits on a little hollow chair. So th- which he is makes total, the chair do the work. Which, to be fair... As as a, according to canon now in in Attack of the Clones, he's a complete bullshitter. Like he could walk around just fine if he wanted to. You know, he does that whole fight scene. Oh yeah. Well, oh, he does walk with a limp, doesn't he? He's well, got his it, little cane and stuff. During the prequel trilogy, I thought I always thought the idea was that in the prequel trilogy he could do that, but then because he was only nine hundred as opposed no, to I, yeah, he was only he was only eight hundred and seventy as opposed to yeah. nine hundred. No, I really th- I I. I always assumed that the gag was less than that. Eight hundred and eighty-two. I always figured the 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 thing was as revealed in Empire. It's like he just does that so people will kind of underestimate him, right? <laughs> or he does he does that to make people feel comfortable well, he around does, well, him. He does that with Luke in the first place. He, yeah, exactly. He feigns not only you know weakness, but also callowness. Well, yeah, he feigns senility is what he feigns, but. I, I guess there's probably the the aspect of, um, you know, you you discover who a person really is. Don't don't look at the way they treat you. Look at how they treat like the waiter. Yeah. It's like if this if this fucking little you know this frog with dementia like <laughs> if you're if you're nice to him then that tells him a lot about you. That's why I didn't want to train Luke. You know? Train Luke. Yeah. Because Luke was like Cause fuck Luke was off a- little thing. Yeah. Exactly. That that's exactly it because he's like this guy's a dickhead. Like yeah. what am I going to train him? And of course, he's trying to be all nice about it to Obi-Wan, like, oh, he's too old. He's too yeah. All he wants to say to Obi-Wan is, the dude was a fucking dick. Yeah. The whole point of that test <laughs> is to see if they're a dick. And he failed. He passed, <laughs> he passed every test until the dick test. But it was <laughs> the first the test. Di- he failed the dick test. <laughs> Unfortunately for him, it was the first test. Yeah. If we could compartmentalize people, he goes to the dick room. <laughs> Oh, X-Men's on. Yeah. yeah. We're back. It's almost over, though, so we're fine. Yay. So oh, there's wait, a very no, exciting not. climax in there somewhere. 
Well, that was the problem. I, I, I specifically remember David Tater talking about this and how there was something else written. And I guess like they ran out of time or they ran out of money or um, they weren't sure that they were going to do the full Phoenix Saga thing. So they kind of had another ending and it just it became very actiony and lost track of the characters quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and and sort of what's going on with them. And you definitely I think you definitely do feel that, especially now if we're not listening to the sound and we're just trying to watch it and kind of comment yeah. on it as it as as we had revealed to us in girl with the dragon tattoo this situation kind of goes this is going on for a while and there's actually not a lot happening <laughs> yeah i think you're right yeah it becomes a lot of action without a framework around it, yeah without the framework of a story so it's like okay so there's water and claws and bamping and things and weather and yeah but yeah it's Vamping. I, f- I think you could definitely have i mean because this is probably you know th- this sequence has probably gone on for at least half an hour and i'd guess probably more like 40 minutes you could probably have cut that in half and not lost too much yeah and and really tighten it up and 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 hopefully spent a little bit more time with the characters, have more going on with, you know, like we said, Lady Deathstrike or um, be able to see, or or if not in this part, you know, take those 20 minutes and put them elsewhere in the movie to help develop these characters so that right. at this point to it give, matters more. To give Jean Grey a Save the Cat moment yeah. or to set up the Phoenix better or whatever you're going to do. I missed yeah. the setup for this moment. What is the significance of what she's doing right now? They're not going to get away from the Breaking Dam in time. Mm-hmm. So she is sacrificing herself to hold back the water to give the plane enough time to get away. And that's very valiant of her. Yes. Because she's the Cat only one. saved. Well, Okay. Because she's the only one that can do it, except for the woman that can control the elements, <laughs> yeah. and the guy who can turn anything into ice, and I'm presuming that includes water that's already pretty cold, um, and the guy with the giant laser eyes, Shall not and the guy with the firepower. No, he's gone. Oh, he left. Okay, he left. He left with Magneto. So right, there's that. Right. Okay. Okay. So okay. So there's only out. seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a pretty good one. and and really I bet Nightcrawler could do something with yeah, that. I'm plane. sure he could do something. He could manage something. He could just bamp the whole plane. He's on the plane. If clothes come with him, that means that anything will go with him. If he touches the the fuselage with his hands and then bamps, I mean he's standing on it. Oh, but he's connecting with his shoes. He has to take his shoes off, but then he can bamp the plane. <laughs> I lo- and, he should wear flip flops all the time. And then there's this other telekinetic going. Oh, I'll tell you what she's thinking. I'm not gonna like help. Yeah, but uh, I'll let you know what she's got going on in her head. To what degree are you an asshole if you have telekinesis and you you just never bring it up? <laughs> like you ask people like to bring you things and stuff because you pretend like you actually can't move at all. That's more fucked up. That's worse than faking, you know, a, a paraplegia. That's faking paraplegia when you're actually more powerful than everyone. Yeah. But you're not doing it to test someone. I mean, Yoda gives Yoda's okay because he was trying to do the dick test. Yeah, and, and which, the, by the way, that is now the canon way of expressing what he was doing. the The other thing about the other thing about uh, Jean Grey is there. There was she wasn't developed to the point where I understand why these two guys are have this scene, the, this exact scene where both of them just you know pull out all the stops and do a great job in their performances. I think are they um, gonna kiss both of them? <laughs> but uh, I totally thought. I, Watching it again, I was like, "Does he kiss Professor X while Professor X is like channeling her?" That would be that is a, a little bit of an awkward moment. Yeah, um, but um, I also didn't. Dude, look at him, really kicking ass. That's what I'm saying. 
That's we didn't Broadway and, motherfucker. Yeah, well, this is this is. I mean, now we've seen him in Les Misérables and stuff like that, and we're like, yeah, that's what Hugh Jackman does. But yeah. seeing. It's like when you see Ben Affleck cry for the first time. Well, but seeing seeing not only Hugh Jackman do that, but seeing the character of Wolverine taken to that place, right. you know, is a very unexpected thing. Um, but as I was saying, I didn't get the the I didn't get the sense of Jean Grey as a character being pushed to the point where it's like. I'm also afraid of her. I see how dangerous she is and I understand her decision. She's like, I can't, I can use this to, to help everyone. And this, this is the only way that I can use this to help everyone. If I stay around two more days, I'm going to destroy I'm kill everybody. So this is the better option. Yeah, this yeah. is the better option. And, and I didn't get the sense that she'd been pushed to that because we don't, we didn't, we didn't spend enough time with her doing anything. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, really, we only have what two moments in the film where we ha- where the moment is about oh her powers are kind of getting crazy yeah though the very first scene and <laughs> there's one other right but I, I can't f- even name it but having just watched it I did can't they really even- need a one k on the oh it's the it's when they're doing the um uh. It's the missiles, like the missiles, like the, right, right. The, okay, yeah, you're right. The, the phoenix. Is, are there power any other moments out. in the film that builds that idea? No, not really. Yeah, and and. I feel like it should have. There should have been. There should have been two, two more. Two scenes with Jean Grey. There should have been the one scene where where you see why everyone loves her, and you see why oh she's so valuable to the team. And there's the other scene where she you know she uses her powers. I guess the missile scene is trying to get there, but it doesn't quite take it far enough. She uses her powers, but everyone kind of goes whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like that was that was a little scary. And I totally appreciate the way you helped us just then, <laughs> but maybe don't do that anymore. You know what? You know what it is. You know what's missing is the sense of collateral damage. Because uh-huh. there, there are moments where okay, uh, the power is becoming greater, and I'm not sure if I can control it, and yada yada yada. But in neither of those moments, for then there's not enough of them as it is. But in neither of them is there a sense of if it's growing beyond my control, and therefore I'm going to hurt people and things around me right. beyond my control? Like I said, they, I feel like they were trying to do that with the missile scene and having her essentially take down the plane yeah. accidentally, but it, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't really it work. Plays as more like well, she just didn't do quite good enough of a job. Yeah, in as opposed to missile enough. Yeah, as opposed to her power being the one directly causing harm yeah. to them. It was more that it was more that the first missile. She used her power, but she felt scared by her power, and so she was afraid to use it on the other missile until it was almost too late, and right. that's what screwed it up. As opposed to, she used her power, and she did exactly what she wanted to do, but she wasn't thinking uh, enough about the collateral damage, and it had it had much bigger consequences right. that uh, that were frightening. Yeah, um, that that scene. That, that's exist. the element that's been that was missing from yeah. from this. I also want to say, I, I, like. I'm not sure I buy that guy as the president. He feels like a Secret Service guy. I look at him and I go, he, you know, as as we learned our lesson from from the whole thing with Nixon on TV. I'm like, no one would vote for him. Look at him. No one's gonna vote for that guy. I don't know. I'm just. Like, he must have some really good policies. That's all I got to say. At this point, and I know this is 2003. I know this is pre-Obama, but at this point, I'm just like, when. It's this weird reverse effect where anytime you think it's racist when you don't see a black president. <laughs> no, I, I I like completely don't buy it when you have the stereotypical square jawed Romney looking guy yeah. now. Like, where what was I just watching? Where it was like, I, I forget, but it was you know something recent, something very new, 
and it was just total square jawed Romney looking guy. And I'm like, that's that's so unrealistic. Yeah. It's so that's so a cliche and stereotypical that I completely don't buy it. Yeah. That's put not a, what presidents a, look like. Put Matt Santos in there. Put Gina Davis in there. No. Put Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Anybody but you know a Mitt Romney look alike now. Yeah, I don't know. It just it's it's like people. See, I'm saying this about an actor though, so it's okay. People say this in real life about presidential candidates. He doesn't look presidential to me. <laughs> I think he looks too stereotypically presidential. I don't know. He looks like the bad guy, <laughs> he looks like, which I guess is a, a statement on the president. Uh, he looks like a rich white man as president. That's a bad guy if I've ever heard one. Yeah. Why did no one in that room just panic when they saw a file suddenly appear on his desk? Because their brains rationalized it away. They're like, oh, that was always there. Yeah. That must have been there before the power outage. That's what we did. That's what we do. What although although do. I imagine... Your brain a, does. I imagine in a world for, full of mutants, it's it's okay to rationalize with, that wasn't there before. Someone <laughs> did that. Well, yeah. I mean, it's... <laughs> it's it it's, happens when they change something. It, it's a psychological term. It's called quasi-magical thinking when you think in those terms, which is illogical in our real world yeah but if you live in a world with yeah. magicians or mutants i'm saying it's in that, totally valid yeah, in that world it's not cheating <laughs> yeah a mutant did it yeah a wizard did it well if you're in harry potter world then then probably probably did do yeah, it yeah that's probably probably quite feasible <laughs> there's no that such is, thing according to as magic according to occam's razor that's probably the likeliest yeah. that's exactly in a world in a world with wizards that is the explanation that makes more sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea that you have to calibrate for that sometimes, though. When something really unlikely happens in your life, you have to go, there's not wizards still, right? Yeah. Okay, then it wasn't a wizard. Damn it. That's uh, the Methods of Rationality fanfic. Check it out. That's what that This must be a reshooter early in the thing or something, because Logan's hair is way longer. <laughs> no, I, this is on the IMDb movie. trivia. I was just, no, he's just been talking about He's been talking to the ice guy. He wants to do No, what? Now. What? No, his... Uh, because... They, this was a reshoot or it was whatever. It was the end of the shoot or something. Uh, he was already filming something else. And so he had long hair for mm. it. So they had to put the Wolverine wig over top really long oh, okay. hair. And that's why it's higher than normal. Called Fortunately, it. they don't run into that problem when they're using um, Patrick Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, his head changed. Well, they did shave his head. As Picard, he has the little ring of white hair. I lo- I I do I mean not to harp on how great it is to have him in this movie but I still love the fact where everyone like the least imaginative answer people like we're making an X-Men movie well Professor X is obviously yeah. Patrick Stewart like the whole internet says that and Patrick Stewart's like well obviously like <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> Did of he course. say that? Uh, I, I assume so. He's like, of course I would be Professor X. Like, ben who, who would even argue? I guess Ben Kingsley could have done it, too. Yeah. could have done it, yeah. But Stuart, but, I mean, now, at this point, you couldn't undo it. No. Well, I mean, there, there literally is a X-Men Star Trek crossover comic book oh, God where, the, where they make that joke. They have Professor X and Captain McCarthy go, hey, we look like the same person. <laughs> Was that pre uh, this happening? I think it's post oh, Okay. This, You're I like, think. hey, bald white five. Hey! <laughs> And then Presidential, course, am I right? We have that in the theater. This was like, oh my god, did you see it? Yeah, and and yes, yeah, <laughs> see what? totally see it. What was that? Are you serious? Well, I saw. A thing. Okay, you saw it. That yeah, yeah, there's just the 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 phoenix under the water. Yeah, that appears in the last moment. Yeah. But in the theater, okay, in the Zach days Penn, before, he was right. The Zach, Zach Penn yeah. and David Hayter ampersand 
So we were all right. Brian Singer. Yes. Yeah, actually, pretty much every name we said <laughs> was up there, except for David S. Goyer. I guess he's... No, he did Marvel. So Blade is Marvel, so he did Marvel and, and DC. Anyway, um, X-Men 2 is a very good movie, and I enjoy it thoroughly, even though I've seen it like three times and don't intend to ever really watch it again. I can't wait till they do First Class, though, because I thought First Class was a lot of fun. Brian? I'm... First Class is fine. It's just not amazing. Um... Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I, I actually, on, Fink. on revisiting, I didn't rewatch it um, for this viewing, and so it's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, but I've seen it several times. But going through it, um, I will say it takes a couple points away based on what we were talking about and how yeah. it kind of loses direction in the uh, towards the end. It's not perfect, but it's still Yeah, you know, it's, it's, still it's not perfect, but it's still a solid film. Yeah. Mike? I think uh, just, just to touch on the first class thing, you, you got to give it the the, you know... Um, the handicap of coming after The Last Stand and Wolverine. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> I didn't see those, but... Yeah, so you see those, and then... And, oh, then, and then talk to me. Yeah, and then it's like, oh my God, First Class is the first time there has ever been Holy a good shit. movie. I just had an idea. What? What happens if you put Brian Cox in a movie with other Brian Cox? How do they credit that? Like, when they're doing these, the, when they're doing the single cards, do they just do Brian Cox? I'm imagining Brian the Cox. physicist is not in SAG. Well, if, I'm just saying, I'm if, just, he, if it could happen. If, if, if Brian Cox, the physicist, oh, right. joined SAG, have have different names. he would have to take a different Damn name. Damn it. Yeah. But, he, but could, he could, as himself. Yeah. They would, they would probably do a thing where Brian Cox, the actor, would just get a card, and they'd save the other one for the end, and it would be featuring Brian Cox as himself or something like that. Yeah. Hmm. If he were a major enough role, uh, otherwise he'd if just he be did, in like, a Neil deGrasse Tyson. Thing yeah. Did you uh, like thing. the movie? Yeah, I like the movie. I I enjoyed uh, uh, getting getting a chance to revisit it and kind of check it out. It's um, it, it's it, you know like we talked about. It's ten years later, so there are plenty of other movies that have had the chance to grow on top of this and and have have kind of learned the lesson of getting de- even deeper into the characters and exploring psyches and stuff in a way that um, this movie doesn't. But at the time, this movie was certainly doing it a lot more than, than uh, you know, a- anything around it um, and um, made it very impressive. And the, the visual effects, I think, all hold up pretty much. Um, there was nothing in here. Yeah, I agree with that. As, a, as opposed to the first X-Men movie where it's kind of like, eh, and actually even at the time was, there was a good amount of stuff in the first X-Men movie that was sort of, mm, eh, well, mm. um, but everything holds up here. Um, certainly, I think if made today, they would have done a lot more with the effects, but I like well, what's they could here. do more cheaper, certainly. Yeah, I, 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 but I like what's here. I like the fact that they didn't get in your face with it just because they could, or, right. or because they couldn't <laughs> afford yeah, to at the yeah. time. Um, and I kind of wish that uh, <clears throat> more movies would go back to just using it to tell a story as opposed to getting. That's in your face actually with a good it. point. But, this is one of the last movies where visual effects were advanced enough that they look this good but still expensive and difficult enough where they're not there for the sake of being there right where there's still some constraint demonstrated just because economics demands it yeah but therefore you're you're not getting these effects unless you need them to tell the story yeah it was a couple basically that the turning point from that came a couple years later with war of the worlds and when they turned that around in three four months then that just doomed everything simultaneously (laughs) high five you guys and don't. Yeah. God damn it. I just noticed something in the credit roll. The figure. Oh wait, we didn't. We didn't hear Eddie's thing. Uh, comics and stuff or something. <laughs> Jesus. That was mean. No, I, I wish. I wish Eddie were here because he'd be able to wrap it up. I, really I just well. noticed something in the credit roll. The, there, there's a figure on set called an armorer, 
uh-huh. who, who provides the weaponry. Um, and it's spelled in a way that I would not have anticipated. It was spelled the British A-R-M-O-U-R. Way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the mm-hmm. British spelling. Huh. They like to put uh, U's in things. Color, endeavor. Yeah. Well, I think... I think well, Humor. we rather we we like to take it out of things because yeah. we were like fuck those guys, you know, <laughs> three hundred years ago or whatever. King George can take his you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I th- <laughs> you left you, this. You take that, King George. <laughs> <laughs> it, left it, this, it is, didn't you? It is such an incredibly petty thing, but that's exactly why that happened <laughs> when Webster made his dictionary. Um, anyway. It's like fuck them and their extraneous use. This has been Town in Front, kinda. You can always find more episodes <laughs> at townandfront.net. Subscribe to us on iTunes and get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash Down in Front, Facebook Down in Front, show us at Down in Front, at gmail.com. Go to the forum. Great conversation, great people, wonderful folks. Hey, John Rudd, he did the mixing. On uh, he's the recordist. He did the mixing on the RVD2 soundtrack. Hey. I know him. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, I sorry. know guy. Uh, hey, Trey gets to do that. I get to do it sometimes <laughs> well, that's, too. That's well. I think Mike Fink, the VFX supervisor for this, is one of Trey's buddies. I think he, he's talked about him before. Nice. Any case, um, go to the forum. Great people. Blah blah blah. And then buy our shirts. Go to Dennis Money through the PayPal link. We're not asking. We're just saying. And um, until next time, my name is T. Christie. Wait. 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 Holden Hill uh, designed and maintained the website. And until next time, my name is T. Christie. Brian Finifter. My Scott. Eddie Doty. This is Fitzgerald. Did you just do a flying nut hand? I did the hand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On his mic. <laughs> I don't know. No, you can't see it in the stream, but I did that for you guys. <laughs> Ready to <laughs> Uh, I guess now that we have cameras, that stuff makes. I guess yeah. that you stuff can't plays. see it though. It wasn't. It wasn't framed for that. Uh, but oh that was for you guys. Oh, that was great. <laughs> Trendsinyourhead.com.